All right. Let's, uh, let's do, do this. this. Let's actually start something. Let's actually start. <laughs> Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Rogue Valley Roleplayers. And uh, we are starting a brand new show. Um, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt myself right there and say we do have dogs. I have two dogs uh, of the medium size, so they're not terribly barky, but they're wiggly waggly, and you're going to definitely hear Porthos's tail smacking against some stuff because he is a lab, and that's what labs do. Um, a really cute lab. He is a really cute lab. Baseball bats for tails. Baseball bat for tail. <laughs> uh, so, Rogue Valley Role Players, and we are starting a brand new Deadlands Reloaded show. Uh, the name of the show for this, or the name of the campaign, if you will, the one and the same, but we are uh, calling it Valley of Famine, uh, set in none other than the Rogue Valley in uh, southern Oregon, so we're getting a little meta there. The Rogue Valley role players are playing in the Rogue Valley. I don't know if that's meta. I just said that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Ben. Uh, I'm here with Rosemary, Austin, and Ed. We've got a new uh, voice on the podcast, if not necessarily a new name, Uh, (laughs) but Nick S., uh, not to be confused with Nick L uh, from Hell on Earth, and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I probably should have written some sort of uh, other thing out. I don't know, but um, yeah, set in the Rogue Valley, going with that whole Psalm twenty-three thing. Yea, though I walk in the valley of famine, I shall fear no hunger. I really wanted to come up with a, a, a version of the whole Psalm, but I was lazy. <laughs> it's probably yeah, the phone. best of us. What? Or are we going to make your own version of it? I was going to make my own version uh, of it. I had looked it up and wanted to twist it uh, to go with the famine theme, but. Well, like here said, you go. You like, just make a version after the game and then set it in. There you go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, I. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm playing the Marshal uh, for this campaign. And, uh,. Rosemary, why don't you go ahead and introduce your character? Okay, so I'll, I'll have some questions. We're we're gonna do not not a traditional introduction for this episode. So should I give like a bit of her background? Yeah, yeah. Let me write some stuff here now. That's uh, Porthos smacking his tail against the, the blinds. There, stop licking me. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Okay. And then, do you also want now like? Kind of how I envision where she's living in the Rogue Valley too. Yeah, I'll, I'll have some questions. Oh. Let's let's start with oh. the, the kind of the brief like uh, it, your character's name, kind of a, a uh, words abandoning me all of a sudden. Um, I'm a writer, guys. Description. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, description. Okay, maybe should we list the hindrances that we took too? We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so I'm Rosemary. I'm playing Rachel Jane Kennedy. And she is a hex slinger. So, uh, as I understand it, hex slingers basically channel magic through their guns. Um, and so Rachel is the deputy in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay, cool. And um, basically, she fled to Oregon after telling her abusive husband that she was leaving him. Um, so, and it was. Pretty, she comes kind of with this traumatic background where she's trying to put that behind her and like move on with her life. And if you want to keep uh, some of that background mm-hmm. secret and no. it'll come out during gameplay, that's oh. fine. Just okay. tell tell us what people know about uh, 
Rachel. And uh, what what name does she like to go by? Does she like people to call her Rachel? Does she prefer Deputy Kennedy? Ooh, that, you know, like close friends are that would call her Rachel, but okay. most towns will know her as Deputy Kennedy, probably. Okay. Um, and then, so she... Uh, she's, I took heroic, so she's a good person, um, like, if you're in trouble, like, Rachel's the person you want to go to, because she takes her duties as deputy very seriously, and, um, she's an all-around good person to have on your side of the fight, I think. Um, although, uh, she's got, uh, she is ugly, so she, I guess her description, um, she's kind of, I imagine her, like, around my height, like, 5'7", five, 5'8". Um, and she's got long red hair. She generally dresses in like pants, shirts, vests. Um, since she's a deputy, she doesn't really want to wear skirts. Um, she's got a duster, a Stenson, um, and then what color uh, duster and Stenson? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's kind of what? What's her her uniform? If you yeah, would, if you would. So she tends to wear a lot of black and grays. Okay. Um, very monocolor color scheme. So, like, occasionally she'll be, like, a little bit fancy and wear something that's white, but it's mostly, like, black duster. I'm thinking black pants, maybe a gray vest, mm-hmm. um, gray shirt, maybe. Okay. Um, and she's got this scar on her face that kind of cuts across her, her like, something like her chin, across her mouth, up kind of curves around by her eye. Okay. So she's got the ugly hindrance. Is that kind of pull her lips up into a, like yeah, a permit a little sneer? Bit. It's, like, it's definitely like nobody's going to be wanting to kiss her anytime soon, I think. Although, you never know. She's yeah. a good person. So, um, let's see. She has a dog named Scout. He's a golden retriever. And um, for now, he's just an NPC dog. So I don't imagine that he will show up in combat right away. Maybe down the line if I take... Is it Beast Bond? Uh, or yeah, it something is? like that. Yeah. There's, there's two of them. Um, so that's something I'm going to work towards. And then she also has a horse, so she likes animals. and um, Yeah, I think that's probably good for her beginning story. What, what was your horse's name? Uh, horse's name was Oakley. Oakley, that's right. Yeah. I don't know, like, should I... Reveal that part of her. If you want to. So basically, Rachel fled her husband and was had the assistance of one Annie Oakley, which is how she learned to hex sling. So um, she traveled with Annie Oakley for a while in a yeah. in the not a circus but a um, sharpshooting. Is it? I, I think it was a circus. Part of a circus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. So, it wasn't like your Wild Bill or West, Wild Western Circus. Yeah. 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 Okay. So and Annie Oakley and her. Became good friends, and Annie taught her how to shoot. I like that. I, I think Annie Oakley is pretty absent from the Deadlands lore. Yeah. So I really like the idea that she's a, a hexlinger yeah. herself. I like that too. And so, in honor of that friendship, she named her horse Oakley. Nice. I think it's actually kind of funny though. But like, I didn't think Annie Oakley. I thought of the Oakley sunglasses. That oh. <laughs> 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 That's kind of what I thought at first, too. I admit it. Uncle's were my favorite songs um, in the world. She also has a really cool pair of sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> She's not that going for The horse? Yeah. <laughs> uh, describe uh, where does Rachel live and what, you know, kind of, what, what kind of stays the captain? Um, 
home, you know, whatever. Just describe her home. I would imagine she's got, like, this little kind of... When she first arrived, she probably lived with family. I think she's got a sister okay. in the area who's married. Um, so, like, when she needed to leave, she, like, wrote her sister, and her sister's like, yeah, come out west. And were they, uh, her, her sister and her family, are they farmers, ranchers, or prospectors? Probably, it's kind of, like, the three big yeah, industries here. I'm guessing since Jacksonville is known for the... Prospecting, mm-hmm. probably her husband's a prospector. Okay, so they, they have a claim. Yeah. What what do they mine? Uh, maybe what gold or silver. Gold, gold was big, especially yeah. out in the Applegate. Yeah, I feel like gold is pretty big, so we'll say he's mining for gold. Okay. He's got like a little. Claim. He got a gold claim. Yeah, and but so she lived with them initially when she arrived, but I think now. You know, she's a deputy. She kind of, like, she's good with guns, and the local sheriff knows that, offered her, saying, like, hey, you want to help out? Um, I could use a good shooter, and she said, sure. So using that. All downhill from there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So she's got, like, a little small place probably close by her sister's house. Like, nothing fancy, though. Just a a small homestead, really, just a basically a house, no, yeah. no fields or anything right. like that. A house yeah. and like a small barn for your horse. Probably. Yep. Okay. Um, cool. I can't think of any more questions I want to ask right now, so uh, let's move on to Austin. Uh, hey, this is Austin, and I'm playing Macario the Payaso. Uh, and how do you spell all that? Macario is M-A-C- a-R-I-O. Kind of spelled like Mario, the video game character, with a C right in the middle. Okay. And an extra A. And uh, the Mario, Macario the what? The Payaso. That's a P-A-Y-A-S-O. What does that mean? Uh, that means clown. Okay. So, uh, listeners, you can tell that I, for sure, am a gringo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also a gringo, so I'm probably going to uh, say some pretty dumb things, but I'll try not to. I will try to say smart things. Um, yeah, so uh, Macario has had a lot of tragedy in his life. I'm not going to go into it right now. Maybe it'll okay. come up later. Okay. Uh, but he's he's moved north because that's his calling, and he knows it's his calling. And uh, when he reaches the Rogue Valley, just a big, huge, genuine smile comes across his face, and he climbs down off of his horse, uh, Guapito, uh, which means little cutie. Uh, it's the ugliest horse you've ever seen. Has one eye higher than the other, and a, a big snout with like one nostril that's always dripping goo. It's a disgusting, ugly horse, but it, it's it's its faithful companion. And he he rode it all the way from Southern California to the Rogue Valley. So he he and that horse have been through uh, quite a bit together. Loves it. All right. Um, keep going. Keep going. And uh, yeah, so once he gets to the Rogue Valley, he's uh, you know he's a He's looking for work, uh, but he, he is a man with a tan skin in an area that's, I believe, mostly controlled by kind of like whites, is that right? Or Yes. Uh, so the, the Rogue River Indian Wars took place back in 1843, where the U.S. basically butchered and murdered all the local tribes. And uh, for the purpose of our game, listeners, I am going to refer to the local tribes as the Rogue River Native Americans, because... I took a look at the names and I couldn't find a pronunciation guide anywhere and I have no idea how to even begin uh, pronouncing some of the local tribes. So, uh, If you have any clue, please message me, let me know, 
Okay, if someone's raising their hand over here. Uh, um, I can help. Uh, I, I, I am Native American, and right. I know a lot more about pronunciation okay. and certain things. Um, some of them I'm a little unfamiliar with, but it, we can work together on yeah. figuring out more of that. I know the Klamath and Modoc, I can pronounce those, um, but there was some other... The Kelmo. Uh, were they... Northeast. Yeah, I thought they weren't necessarily... Native to the Rogue Valley, they're they're closer to um, Idaho. Okay, closer to, but yeah. still within the Oregon area. But, but uh, yeah, we're try to be respectful, of course. But I don't want to get too caught up in learning how to pronounce things. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Macario, he's he's about six feet high. Um, Handsome man, has a healthy head of hair, black hair. <coughs> he has to keep it short, though, because it's important that he keeps it short for his job. Um, and he has just a, a really wonderful smile. Like, any, if he smiles at you, you, you know he's got you. You know, he's one of those guys where he's just got that inborn charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though he's a, in the back of his mind, he's a little bit worried about finding work, he knows that he's right where he's supposed to be, and he thinks he'll find it pretty quick. And how newcome to the Rogue Valley are you? Uh, like just beginning of the campaigns, like you've just arrived. You've just arrived. Okay, yeah. all right. That's looking for work. That works really well, and I'll get into that. But uh, uh, I'll leave that a secret for now. So that means you don't really have a permanent residence just yet. Not yet. All right. Um, but you do have a reason, and we haven't kind of gotten into that because it's kind of kind of with your background, right? Right. Yeah, but you have a reason for staying in the Rogue Valley. He's got a very good reason. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's enough for now. All right. I. Uh, oh, uh, what's what's what does he wear? What are his colors? Uh, he wears very bright clothes, very neatly kept. Um, basically, uh, he's kind of like a walking rainbow, but in a pleasant way. Like he knows how to match it. You know? uh-huh. He's got like bright blues, bright bright reds, bright greens, but somehow he makes it all work. He knows how to tie it all together. He can tie it all together, and. and you know, you see him coming from a mile away. He's not going to sneak up on anybody, but uh, you know, he just has that sort of exotic look about him in an appealing way. What sort of weapons does he carry? I know um, uh, uh, Rachel's got her her two guns. Yeah. I don't know. We'll let Austin finish his description, but we'll come back to that because oh, yeah. uh, as a hex slinger, your guns are pretty important. Yeah, that's hey, true. Um, hey. Well, uh, he uh, he's pretty lightly uh, equipped as far as weapons go. He didn't come here to kill people. He mm-hmm. came here to do his work. Um, he does have some uh, ropes in his backpack, like a, more than a normal person would have. Um, just rope after rope after rope. Just all the all the right size to do something with, you know. I'm not really sure what yet. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he does have actually just a like an old hand-me-down rapier, but it's, it's a small one, you know. It's not, it's not necessarily meant for combat so much as like training or you know it is uh-huh. it's sharpened to a point if he had to defend himself he is could. it kind of more like what a, a bull fighter I know that, that's I, is that big in Mexico at this time or is that yeah, really more of a Spain well, the, I would assume the Spanish influence would have caused some of that would have brought some yeah. so I, I don't down, know what yeah. they call it but I know they have a specialized sort of rapier like sword uh, to get you is, away from the noise stuff huh Porthos yeah he has to I'm going to say that in Deadlands yes yeah, and he has taken part in that in his past at some point that maybe we'll get into later. Okay, cool. 
anything else? Um, no, I think it's good for now. All right. Ed. All right. I am Ed. I am playing Daisy Gilmore, and most of the people know her as Raylan Daisy. Because uh, Daisy was raised on the railroads in Ghost Rock. Her father, Trevor, is a scientist working for the Denver Pacific Railroad. He's the inventor of the backyard bender and the railgun. The railgun is an infernal device that uses ghost rock to shoot rail spikes, saving much needed time and labor over the standard sledgehammer. Daisy, being no stranger to ghost rock or science, or science! <laughs> science! <laughs> wields a modified version of this weapon. What was the last name again? Gilmore. Gilmore, okay. Um, yeah, give us a, uh, a little description of uh, Raylan. Uh, she's, you know, pretty average height, like 5'8", five, five we'll say. Uh, she actually ha- wears, like, gauntlets, kind of like like gauntlet gloves, big knee-high boots, just regular pants, you know, suspenders over a blouse, and, like, not a sombrero, per se, but a wide-brimmed oh, wide hat. hat. Yeah. Long hair. Often in a ponytail. Brown. Brown hair. Brown eyes. And what kind of uh, what what are her colors as far as dress goes? Um, mostly earth colors, like brown. Earth tones. Her shirt, yeah. She might have. She has some kind of like fancy uh, like inlays in her gloves and boots, like, okay. you know, mm-hmm. embroidery, which I'd say is blue. But yeah, and her shirt, white shirt, basic. Okay. And how new come is she to the, the Rogue Valley? She has not been in the Rogue... Well, no, she's been here a while now. Okay. And, uh... I'm changing my backstory in my mind. As okay. Well. Yeah, just to fit with what we're, what we're making up as a story. It's like, yeah. all right. Yeah. So... So, yeah, she grew up, you know, like I said, her dad was on the Denver Pacific Railroad... Yeah, uh, so she grew up with him. Her mom, her mom is dead. Okay. And what so she, you think? Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she eventually, when she got of age, ran off and joined the circus. Okay. And that's what brought her to the Rogue Valley. Is she's kind of working with the local circus, you know, repairing their stuff, you know, things like that. Now the circuses are pretty transitory. There's no like, it's not a circus that stays in one town all the time. Yeah, well, this is like, you know, maybe where this... They're based out of here or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the the big thing about her is... Yeah, her dad has... She just found out that her dad has been kidnapped, and so she has a vow to try to find him. Okay. Doesn't know who, what, where, when, just that that's happened, and she's determined to... That's what made her, like, decide to modify the railgun to what it is today. Speaking of, I want to hear a description of the railgun. The railgun is, yeah, basically it looks like it's... Well, it looks like the Fallout 3 railgun, basically. (laughs) You're you're familiar with that. So, yeah, it's it's this giant gun. It has, like, a pressurized tank for, like, you know, ghost rock and things like that. And when you see Daisy shoot it, it, yeah, it looks like there's spikes coming out. And sometimes, yeah, there's some other things that... (laughs) 
that looks like molten spikes. Does it do that whole like people. train whistle when you fire it? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Actually, there's a wooden train whistle thing that you can I, buy. I used and to I have thought, one. Oh man, I wish I had one of those. Oh, God. I, so I, every time I shoot, we probably have one somewhere in a box of Legos in storage somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my brothers and I used to have tons of those train whistles. Those were the best. But yeah, <laughs> it definitely makes that noise. Uh, anything else? Uh, what do you need? Oh, she's, she's been here, you, you've decided for a while, so what does her home look like? Uh, it's just basically like a little, like not much of a home, some simple little like shack kind of thing okay. with workbenches and things, like with a little cot. Like, does she live in town? Which town, if so? Uh, she'd live in Ashland, I guess. Alright. <laughs> That's where the circus is based. There you go. Okay, <laughs> we'll say we'll say for the purpose of the story, there there is uh, like the prelude to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. That's there already. <laughs> Little baby Angus Bomer. Little <laughs> 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 did you know? And, well, yeah. I, I was going to comment that it's actually really not born yet. That uh, Jacksonville is the predominant settlement for the town. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because Medford here would have only been a, a, a railroad stop. Well, uh, since it is an alternate history, Medford's a little more established than it would have been uh, this t- uh, in our history in 1884. In 1884, uh, it, w- it became uh, incorporated as a town. It was established in, I want to say, 1883. Uh, early 1883, um, they started laying the groundwork for the railroad, and it was basically a tent city, and both Ashlandville and Jacksonville were... Thoroughly fucking pissed that the railroad had decided to build uh, through the area that would become Medford instead of closer to either of them. Yes. And let's be honest, they're both still pissed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, the major rail company through this area is Iron Dragon, and uh, through the power of Ghost Rock and all the other weirdness going on in the West and, and the Great Rail Wars. They actually got the rail line built through the Rogue Valley a lot earlier than it did in our history. So Medford is, it's, it's not the Medford as we know it. It's still a pretty small, podunk little town. Because people come, they take the rail lines. If they stop off in Medford, it's so they can go to Jacksonville or to Medford or somewhere else. Not, not Medford, um, Jacksonville or Ashland. Um, it's not really so they can stay in Medford. So it's still a fairly potent town, uh, or, you know, settlement, really. Uh, Jacksonville is still the major uh, uh, political settlement in the Rogue Valley. Um, It's where the the county seat is. Uh, It's where the sheriff is based out of. That's who you work for, uh, the sheriff's name. And I am... We'll we'll get into that. I'm I'm cutting off in the middle of other people's... uh, Intros and stuff. So, digression. Uh, anything, anything else? Uh, she chews tobacco. All right. Okay. Um, first, I have a question. Do you said this is nineteen eighty four? Nineteen eighty. No, eighteen eighty four. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Since I was just coming in, <laughs> I've been. Having a little whiskey, my numbers are getting all mixed up. That's okay. That's okay. Um, uh, so, my character's name is. Uh, Speaking of whiskey, <laughs> he would have been uh, in his homeland of Japan. Would have been known as Matsuhara Haru, 
but now in America, he's been in for 15 years. He's been stuck here looking for the Imperial Family's Die show, which was stolen and brought here to America. I've got some questions for you on that, but first, uh, how do you spell your name as uh, we're going to okay. have it in the... the as he, call, as he prefers people calling him here in America, Haru, so H-A-R-U. Okay. And his last name, well, his family name is M-A-T-S-U, and then H-A-R-A, all one word. All one word, okay. H-A-R-A? Yeah. Okay. Um, now... Who stole the Imperial Daisho? Was that I'm thinking someone was, locally? Was it a foreigner? I'm thinking it was actually a, um, a yeah, foreigner, like uh, an, uh, one of the Americans or Europeans that came okay. over. Well, which one, American or European? Oh, let's see, the common one back then would have been... I, I, I think the common, the major powers at that time, the major foreign powers in Japan was America and Britain. I think it was an American advisor to the, the family for like the, okay. the firearms race that Japan was going to towards the end of the 1860s, 1870s, uh-huh. um, and they they were able to get close enough to them, and they're like, oh, well, I wonder what I can do with this, you know, back mm-hmm. home. And he brought it to America, and the, you know, the Grand Emperor and his advi- his Imperial Senate were like, this is unacceptable. Let's send one of our Shinsengumi after this guy. Right. And, and, and of course, since the, the whole civil war happened and dragged on, probably uh, diplomatic relations with Japan have gotten really confused. Yes. Because <laughs> now there's two governments. Yes. Um, well, no, there's even more governments than that because there's the, the United States of America, there's the Confederate States of America, there's the uh, state, uh, the sovereign state of Deseret, or however you pronounce pronounce it, where the uh, uh, L- uh, LDS, not LSD, <laughs> uh, where the LDS are set up, um, and then there's a lot of uh, like uh, territories that both the, the North and the South claim, but really have no, uh, they don't have the resources to force the issue, as it were, and then there's uh, Canada. <laughs> there is Canada, but there's also the the California coast, uh, which is is just a mess. Reverend Grimm and his little empire of the Los Angeles have fallen because the flood has happened. And uh, listeners, as you probably heard, uh, the game is taking place in 1884 after the events of probably most of the splat books out there, specifically the flood. Um, I really have not read any of the plot point campaigns that... Uh, are detailed in those books. Uh, I know in our other Deadlands game right now, we're doing a lot of stuff with Revan Grimm, so uh, as a player in that game, I didn't want to read any spoilers for it. I've been trying to be pretty careful about not reading any, any of that stuff, just just in case uh, Dave B. decides he wants to use any of it. Um, but yeah, I, I do know, uh, just because of spoilers out there on the interwebs, that Reverend Grimm gets defeated in the course of the, the events of the Flood. And uh, and Los Angeles gets devastated again uh, by, by well, you know, it's called the Flood for a reason. Uh, a tsunami floods the city and destroys half of it. Um, yeah, this is like our alternate version of what happens in Dead Lands. I know. Yeah, in, so. in Dave B's, there's a very alternate uh, from the core setting. And this is very alternate from the core setting, too, because there's... There's stuff in the course setting that, you know, 
it's all well and good, but I like to fly fast and loose. And there's, as far as I've researched, there's nothing about the Rogue Valley in any of the Deadland source books or anything. So you can make up whatever I fucking want. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was just told that an American stole it. Okay. And so he came over to America. He's uh, been stuck here for the past 10 to 15 years. Uh, trying to find this guy, but America's a very large place. And, and a very confused place at this very, point. A very confused place, so he hasn't... He's gotten some leads, but they ended up turning up dead. Mm-hmm. He needed work. Ended up in the Rogue Valley. He's learned English in his time here. He's learned how to better... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, immerse himself in American culture. Assimilate. Society. Assimilate, that's the word, yeah. He, he's, he's more assimilated. He still carries his... Uh, set a die show, uh, but that's because he's very tied to it. He was one of the very few people after the end of the Meiji Wars that were allowed to continue to carry them as a Shinsengumi, uh, which is the sword police. Um, and, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think, Brainford. Uh, well, his uh, attire is he wears a black shirt with a red vest, uh, black duster, and boots. On the back of his duster is a red chrysanthemum. Than a uh, red halo. Red yeah, I'm trying to remember how to spell That's I'm just going to guesstimate and call it good. Yeah. If I can, if I can, if you can read it, that's it. the important thing. <laughs> um, but the, it's because the chrysanthemum has a very important meaning to the imperial family. Okay. Uh, he uh, specializes in uh, what would be called Niten or dual wielding his katana and wakasashi. Um, using his wakasashi as a defensive weapon while he does primarily his primary attacking with the katana. He is trained himself to use uh, his chi or ki, depending on your region, uh, with his weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a horse. Um, he calls it kun, both for the, the honorific kun, because it's cute and just it's a horse, so it's just kind of got a, just a soft name. And then Coon because it's got it's got the paint palettes with rings around its eyes and kind of weird just markings all mm-hmm. over it. Uh, it was given to him to be used by the Iron Dragon. Yeah, the Iron Dragon Iron Railway, Railway Company because he works as an enforcer for them. He he tries to stop people from rising up and you know being all pissed off about things. He tries to do it with a calm and gentle hand because he, he it does have an honor code and mm-hmm. he tries to try to be like. At least me, 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 mm-hmm. mitigate between the two. Um, he does have some stigma against Chinese people, but because he also works for Chinese people, he's mm-hmm. kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh-huh. Um, but he deals with it as best he can by, you know. It's a shitty situation, he's making the best he can. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, as, as an enforcer, or not. I mean, the bulk of your work from day to day usually is keeping the workers in line and making things go smooth. The, the rail line is, is pretty, fairly well built and established. It goes uh, from Shanfan, which is uh, what basically San Francisco, um, but controlled by the Chinese triads and, and what have you. Uh, it goes, the rail line goes from Shanfan up through to Portland, at least, and then Cross through Montana and, and out east, and it's fairly continuous. Uh, but the the rail line still maintains um, workers to to maintain. to maintain the rail lines and, and man their uh, uh, 
uh, warehouses, and and of course because it's Iron Dragon, they have a lot of less than legal operations going on, a lot of ties to various local triads throughout the West Coast, and so often your job entails supporting uh, those operations with the understanding that probably as an honorable samurai you find such things distasteful, so they try to... Yeah, they're, they're, you're, I'm you're the, there to do a job, but they try to respect that. Yeah, knowing yeah, that I'm, they they're like we have all these dishonorable things. Let's try to keep them towards the more light side of things, or else he may get too offended. And right, yeah, it's 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 easier to uh, maintain your services by having you do jobs that you're okay with doing than it is trying to be like force you to do something that would be dishonorable. But the other thing that often comes up is when things go wrong, when weird things happen, uh, you're the one they call upon to go deal with it. That makes sense. So you probably, uh, you're, just, you're no veteran of the Weird West, but unless you took that edge, I don't, I don't know if you did. Um, but you've probably seen a weird thing or two, things that couldn't be explained. And, and honestly, all of you have probably, as... as uh, Having you know, having magic backgrounds <laughs> or having yeah. traveled quite a bit, you probably know that you probably encountered a thing or two that was just like this ain't fucking normal. Oh, um, <coughs> which probably also described his face and his hair and yeah, things like yeah. that as well. He's he's a, oh, he's slightly older. He's got graying hair. Okay, um, it's kind of he keeps it short to keep with the uh, the idea that the the west the the western cultures tend to start cutting their hair and keeping it short back then. So. He keeps it nice and neat and tidy. He's got a a nice mustache that kind of hangs down past his lips a little bit. And he's got a very prominent and discerning gaze. He tends to appraise every situation before jumping in. But if it's somebody he feels close to, a friend, you know, mm-hmm. he he'll, he will put himself on the line between them and the problem. So he's, he's a very loyal and but very cautious person at the same time. Okay, excellent. Uh, describe your dice show. Is there any, anything um, specific? They're they've got a they're both black sheath. I'm, I'm, even though I know the proper terms for all the parts of the sword, I'm going to refrain from using them because they can get confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's got he's black sheaths with uh, gold uh, like leaf filigree running down almost. I don't want to say filigree because that's a it's a, also a style thing they do. It's more of just painted on there. Um, with a red and black hilt to match his clothing colors. Okay. And a dragon on his uh, suba or crossguard. Nice. And uh, now getting back to you, Rosemary, on your guns. Let's, yeah. let's hear a description of those. So Rachel has two cult uh, peacemakers. Um, so Rage is the name of one. Ooh. And that one is um, kind of, it's a dark metal, so it looks almost black. Okay. And it's got, uh, like, silver um, runes inscribed into it, which is what she uses to channel the magic with, basically. So Hexlingers basically use rune carving, right? It's uh, for your shoot's power, you yeah. use that. But yeah, your your guns probably are inscribed with runes. And, right, and, and that's what that channels the magic. Yeah. So, um, probably on the handle of one is like a little, uh, like 
Mm. Everything about, like, you know, it's got all these, like, kind of just cool-looking patterns. Um, oh, maybe, like, mm, I have to think on that. I'll go back to that. Okay. But then her other um, peacemaker is uh, Retribution, <laughs> and that is a white metal. So, and that's got gold on that one. Alright, let me just write down some notes. Uh, oh, uh, has anyone not rolled for their starting funds? I have not. Oh, so, I not. D20 plus 5, that's what you got in your pocket. $12. Woohoo! $23. What? Seven bucks, that seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we totally forgot. Your, your living quarters. Oh, yeah. I can play space there too. Um, I think he has a semi-permanent residence at the, the local inn, uh, hotel, hotel, or whatever. Hotel, whatever. Uh, and what I mean by semi-permanent is it, he, he's kind of decorated it. It's kind of like it is his right. room as long as he keeps paying for it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say, kind of part of your, you get a, a very small stipend. From Iron Dragon for as you know being employed by them, and that will cover uh, your cost of living. Same thing for for you as well. You get a small stipend as a deputy, okay. and that covers food and drink. And for for the rest of you, we're not really going to worry about it. You're scrounging up money. We're worry about expenditures on uh, bigger things when you're traveling out and about. Um, but as far as like basic food, you know you. You're, you've got enough to be able to eat while you're in town. You may need to buy rations if you're planning to go out into the wilderness. Then we'll worry about food. You want to buy a drink at the uh, the, the local saloon outside of uh, kind of your ordinary in, uh, cons- consumption, if you will. Then then we'll worry about money expenditures then. But your basic living needs are covered. Yeah. Uh, All yeah, the so chewing tobacco I can have. Uh, no, that's not a basic living need. <laughs> yeah, so his, his room is very... Although it's not really... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, his room is very pragmatic. Uh, like a pragmatist lives there, you know, he's got his bed, but he's got a desk that's got, like, decorations, maybe some little origami figures that he holds when he's needing to think about something. Okay. Um, but he also writes letters home a lot. Um, does he mail them? Yeah, he would mail them. Okay. Does he have a chair, or does he do the kind of kneel? He kneels. He's. Fine. I mean, he'll use a chair if, like, he's at the tat of the bar or the, the saloon, as it would be. Uh, he'll use a chair then. But he, if he is a, if he's by himself, he tends to go revert back to just being Japanese. But when he's when he's being around the the, the Westerners, as y'all are, he'll indulge. Okay. He, he's trying to fit in. He's been here a while, so he he's better at it than some would, but. He's not fresh off the boat. Yeah, but he still he still very believes that he is Japanese and he will act as such in his private time. All right. Very cool. Rachel, what are your hindrances? Starting with your major. Uh, heroic is my major. Okay. And then I have an enemy, which I took as minor. And who is your enemy, or would you rather not say? And I know already who it is. Yeah. I- Keep that secret, okay. just for dramatic purposes, maybe. Right? 
be like, oh, and then ugly. I'm minorly ugly because I have a scar. Which affects my charisma, so I'm not very charismatic. Alright, uh, so Macario, uh, his first hindrance is he's small, uh, which is, gameplay-wise, that means it's minus one toughness. And Is that a major? It's a major. Um, and what I'm saying for this is he received an injury right as he was going through his teenage growth spurt, mm-hmm. which caused his uh, bones not to grow as large as they otherwise would have, making okay. him a little bit more frail than he would ordinarily be. Okay. Um, for a clown. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, illiterate. Um, can't read. Um, he can speak English and Spanish, um, and I bought the skill points for that. Uh, we'll go over that. You'll, you're you're going to get some more skill points to spend. Okay. Yeah, I went through the same thing. <laughs> um, and he does have a minor that's an enemy, and it's kind of a spoiler for his character we can talk about later, but I don't think it's right for this moment. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you already texted me about him, right? Is that still it, the same? Uh, I, yeah, I think you already kind of know the gist of it. That's fine. Uh, so many dramatic reveals. I'm so excited. Yeah. Let me, let me go over about the language thing right quick so that way you can maybe get your, your stipple sorted out where we want to this. So, okay. uh, I know uh, in the other Deadlands game, we, we kind of forced Lance and JJ to spend skill points on uh, on languages because in, in the default rules is written Deadlands. Uh, if you're not a native English speaker, you have to spend skill points to gain fluency in other languages and whatnot, and I, I'm fairly certain I pushed that rule on everyone in the other Deadlands I game. helped. Did you help? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Um, and so, both Lance and JJ have pretty much wound up with skill points sunk in useless skills, because they've never been called upon to roll to see mm-hmm. you know, if they are fluent enough to understand uh, a concept in English or whatever, right. and I I don't want that uh, for this game. So the way we're going to do languages is that you all know your your native language, be that Spanish, English, Japanese, um, and then in a, basically you're going to know a total number of languages equal to half your smarts die. One of which is going to be your native language, and the others you can decide. Uh, your level of fluency in the others that's going to be a role playing thing but basically you know enough to get by Okay. so like, I would go with Japanese and Chinese so that way I can at least understand the language of my superiors I may not let them know that I understand what they're saying just because I'm cautious and I want to mm-hmm. be able to be like are they talking about something I would not like but I, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Chinese I just kind of understand you, basic you can get by I can get by Japanese and English I'm fairly fluent in by now. Right. Okay. Which makes sense for your character. Yeah. Japanese, I'm 100% right. fluent. <laughs> English, I'm, I, 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 I may not know bigger words. <laughs> right. And I may stutter over and be like, oh, what did, how do you say? Maybe certain certain <laughs> idi- idioms kind of like, okay, I, I know that that means something, but what the fuck does it mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That makes me think of that T-shirt where it says, "I use large words so that I sound photosynthesis." <laughs> yes, I says it so too almost too much. <laughs> so it's so, like the pirates of the Spanish main rules. Yeah, I, I like those better because you're not you, you only get so many skill points mm. to well, spend, and it's Daisy, Daisy, regular. So yeah, so if anyone spent skill points on languages, get those skill points back, Daisy. Uh, what is your major hindrance? 
My major hindrance is my vow to rescue my father. I have a minor habit of chewing tobacco. And the next one? And I also got heavy sleeper. Because I grew up on the railroads and all the loud noises just kind of don't mean much to me. Uh, Haru, what is your major? Code of Honor. Code of Honor Bushido? Ah, uh, yeah. That's always the gentleman. Or was it chivalry? And this is a very ironic samurai. No, it'd be yeah. He he, he follows the ten, he follows the tenets of Bushido, and uh, he also tends to follow uh, Musashi, Musashi's way of walking alone. Okay. So he doesn't believe in falling in love. He doesn't believe that he tends to do things on his own as much as he can. Okay. And so your sad. first minor. First minor is loyalty or loyal. He will put. He will put. And put. Uh, Japan's needs ahead of his own. He will, but if he makes friends, he will put. He will defend them as well. And, uh, and his and his other minor would be uh, cautious. I think that also plays into the fact of him having dealt with some of these, uh, seeing some of the weird things in the weird west. He's he's a little apprehensive about like, oh, a strange fog is rolling, man. A strange fog, you say? Hmm. <laughs> Not quite a doubting Thomas, but definitely like, well. Let's, before we jump to conclusions on this, let's figure out what's happening first. Uh, like a, a doubting Tom, if you were doubting Thomas, you would say, here is conclusive evidence that this is some weird fucking shit happening right now, and you'd still say, uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's weird. There is a logical explanation. Form we just case. haven't Scully figured it out yet. That's a mirage. You're like, okay, we've got the proof now that this is weird, so I'm willing to admit that it's weird. But, but before we just jump the gun and right. run at it, let's know what it wants, or find a smart way to handle this. Well, let me go into the uh, the important personages in the Rogue Valley and I decided to largely kind of ignore actual historical figures because um, I was lazy and I didn't want to do that much research. Um, That's a smart thing to also, do. And it's an alternate history so yeah. things are different. Still have living descendants too. That's true. Uh, so the Jackson County Sheriff your boss Rachel is Sheriff Abraham Ross. Uh, the Jacksonville mayor is Harold Baxton. Uh, Sounds the, like an ass. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't decided yet, really. I just named these guys. I didn't flush them out. The name was again? Harold Baxton. Harold Baxton. B-A-X-T-O-N. Is it? Or, uh, he's probably going to be an asshole. <laughs> oh, then. No. It, it, it's it's Harold Baxton. been decided. <laughs> Sounds like a douche. <laughs> We're just Sorry not going to like him no matter what. Named Harold Baxton. <laughs> if, you, if you have the land... I'm sorry. You just you yeah, have the entire you have an asshole name. Is our, is our listener base. And now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. You're in a position of power. Your family's always been in a position of power. <laughs> Watch the actual mayor of Jacksonville's name is Baxton. We're just like, whoa. Oops. <laughs> How did that happen? Because I just made this shit up. Uh, okay, the Iron Dragon rep, and I apologize in advance because I, I don't know how to pronounce this. I will help you. Uh, Lan Hue. Uh, she is a uh, Vietnamese, Viet, bleh, 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 a woman from Vietnam. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Haru, Haru, 
Haru. Haru. Lan Hui, small, uh, fairly unintimidating looking woman, and yet she is like the most terrifying person you've ever met. Uh, she just has this quiet, you know, she's very patient, never ever raises her voice, but when people irritate her, they tend to go missing. Uh, the Medford Marshal, uh, sorry, I misspelled Marshal here, uh, is Edward Markson. Uh, the Medford mayor is James Orville. And we've got some newspaper people. In Jacksonville, uh, you've got the Oregon Sentinel, which is uh, run by Alexander Corbin. That's C-O-R-B-I-N. And then in Medford, we've got uh, a branch office of the Epitaph, the Tombstone Epitaph, right here in Medford. Mm -hmm. And the main reporter for uh, that runs that branch office is Valerie Rose. And then uh, we've got a couple of other well-known locals that aren't necessarily, they don't have important positions per se, but we've got Ezekiel Boone, who's a known local gambler. He's uh, pretty good at what he... At, at what he does, um, wins consistently. He's only occasionally been called a cheat, but it was never proven. And uh, he's pretty, pretty, pretty local in uh, um, Jacksonville. And then there's Jonathan Grove, who is purported. What? Looks at the dogs. Just the groves and sounds. Jonathan Grove. Is, it's unproved, but he is basically a local stagecoach robber. Um, but so far, he's been careful enough that no no one's got any proof uh, that he can be arrested on. Uh, what was the name of the Medford Marshal? Wouldn't you like to know? I probably should. <laughs> Edward Markson. Edward Markson. I was like, you, you, when you got to the Marshal, the name started happening so fast. I was trying Sorry. to write I'm like, Edward Markson. 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 M-A-R-K-S-O-N. Okay. Edward Markson. And I'll, I'll take notes as we meet these people as well. Just kind of keep... I yeah, like having I like game notes. I'll wait for Dan to post all the names. <laughs> James Orville. James Orville. Is the Medford mayor. Okay. As, do, you, do you need anyone else? Uh, the... Oregon Sentinel. Okay. Oregon Sentinel yeah. is Alexander Corbin. Corbin. Tombstone Epitaph. Valerie Rose. Valerie. Okay, I got. See, I got the first name of the Oregon Sentinel, and then the Tombstone Epitaph. I got her last name, and I was, oh. <laughs> I was like, shoot. Oh, and the, the the and for players in the other Deadlands game, and for listeners who've been keeping up with the other Deadlands game, Valerie Rose is of no relation to Kane Rose. That was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, I wonder if it's his daughter or something. <laughs> he can't have children anymore. He's dead. But he could have had children before he died. No, he didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we know. What was yeah. the, the the purported stagecoach robber's name again? Jonathan Grove. G R O V E. It's probably going to be a lot of me going groove until mm. I remember. That's okay. <laughs> and Ezekiel Boone was the local gambler. I need to get his name. All right. <laughs> I love that name. Is that the name? That, that was that author's name we yes. found at Powell's, and I was just like, that is the greatest <laughs> name ever. My name's Michael. Oh, no. Not proven, though. Yeah. No one has managed to uh, claim any charges that stuck. So there's one, right? 
What? Remember what I told you at work the one day? Oh, yeah, you, you get one. Well, he's, he's <laughs> purportedly robbed more than one, but he's never murdered anyone, so he's got that going for him. He's, uh, you know, at the very least, he's good at what he does. Um, is he, like, poor by any chance? No. Oh, he robs and he steals. No one has ever identified him, but Jonathan, you know, always always has money and he doesn't work. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we know that you're robbing stagecoaches, but no one is able to identify you, uh, or at least no one who's been robbed has been able to identify you, and you haven't killed anyone. Uh, so you've. We'll, we'll, we'll tolerate you in town um, since you're not killing people. Um, Alright, so it's convenient that you talked about coming here with the circus because uh, oh, you know what, before we get into that I know we've got at least one new player uh, for the deadline, so I'm going to explain the fate chips that we drew earlier. So you got three colors plus a mystery fourth color that pretty much everyone but you knows about so we'll go ahead and talk about it. Four colors. Uh, the white chips are your base. Oh, shit, I'm gonna just throw it at people. <laughs> uh, the white chip is your basic Benny. You can use it to re-roll any trait rolls. Uh, you cannot re-roll damage or any any rolls on table. Okay, so um, just so I can remember, trait rolls are anything like attributes or skills. Correct. Okay. Um, now a it's convenient. I've got three of the four colors here. A red. Fake chip, you can use exactly as a white chip, and there's no other consequences at all. Or you can use a red fake chip to add a d6 to a roll you've already made. But there you go. <laughs> that was Ed rolling. I'm doing the stewardess yep. on the, 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 the airplane. Thank you for demonstrating that to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You can spend the red fate chip to add a d6 to any roll, but when you do, I, the marshal, get to draw a Benny from the, the pot. So you spend it, I get an, an extra Benny to work with. Or you can spend it as a white fate chip, and there's no consequence. Then there are blue fate chips, which you don't have any, so it's not going to do any good this session. Uh, but blue fate chips, you can do the same thing. You can spend it as a white, get a re-roll. Or, you can spend it to add a d6 to a roll. I don't get a fate chip in return. Okay. Then there's something that you gradually earn over time called legendary fate chips. Legendary fate chips are achieved when you defeat major evil villains or or do things to lower the fear level, which we'll go into, and uh, that's another thing we'll go into. When you lower the fear level, you gain a legendary chip that goes into the pot. Legendary chips are rare, uh, but you get a couple of uses out of them. First of all, you can use them to... Uh, I don't know what he's getting into, but it's probably bad. Uh, he's just chewing on a football. Oh, that's I thought that before. Oh shit, I'm gonna fall. It's, it's not a kidney. It sounds like a kidney, but it's actually a football. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> We've already warned the listeners. There's yeah. dogs. At least they're not just curious how barking. Just you know what and chewing on a kidney sounds like to Austin. Rosemary, I could tell you, but um, I'd go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the life of this podcast, so. <laughs> that is true. 
Um, There's a lot of things in this world that are illegal, even though they're not morally wrong. <laughs> That's uh, also true. I'm, so, I'm just sitting in my chair this way, but I want you to know, no way in relation. No. <laughs> Come closer, let me tell you more. No, no, no. Alright, legendary chip. So you can spend a legendary chip to gain a... Uh, I think you get a reroll with a added d6 plus 2. I'm going to have to verify that, but I don't want to take the time right now. I'm not worried about it because there are no uh, legendary chips to play. You're not going to find it in there. No, I'm not looking at it. Okay, perfect. Um, and additionally, you can use legendary chips to re-roll damage uh, rolls, which you can't do with any other fate chip nor, or ordinarily. You can take no mercy, which if Lance were here, he would tell you to do so as soon as you hit uh, seasoned. Uh, no mercy allows you to spend Benny's to reroll damage. Uh, you can also use fate shifts to reroll on tables, or alternatively, as Kane has used once because he drew a legendary chip like right at the end of the session and had no other use for it. If you save a legendary chip to the end of the session, you can turn it in for an XP. Neat. Yep. Uh, so they are few and far between, but very useful when you get them. Okay. So. All right, keep that in mind. Let's. Uh, I don't want you having any Benny, so I may only spend my red one on. That's <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm quite accustomed to that. One other thing about the legendary chips is that I do not get to get them. If I draw a legendary chip at any point in time, if there's any in the, the in the pot. It goes back. I draw a different chip, and the legendary goes back in. Marshall doesn't get to use legendaries. Them's the breaks. <laughs> Them's the breaks. Yep. Uh, let's bad. start the game. Uh, okay. There's, there's probably one more bookkeeper thing we need to do. <laughs> oh, okay. What's that? Doing? I am a weird scientist who has bought a new power. Oh, you bought an extra power. Oh, sweet. <laughs> sweet. Say, are you playing weird Would you go lie down, please? Yeah. Instead of making so much noise. Come on. Over here. Over here. It, as great as it would be to not have this happen. <laughs> now i got to figure out what happened to my Marshall's handbook. All right, yeah, I do roll. Uh, well, why don't you roll d20? Right. Make you make you roll your own uh, uh, dementia here. Three. Ooh. Delusion. The inventor's Ooh. mind snaps, and she comes to believe something that is patently untrue. Is it patently or patently in this usage? Patently. Okay. Uh, so I was right. Maybe she thinks she's a werewolf, or the sky is blue because the moon people paint it that way every morning. This quirk reduces her charisma by one. Oh, man. Oh, is he a negative charisma, too? That's right. So, wait. And so, hold on. Wait. Wait. The the next, those were just examples. You know, those aren't things you just have to take, but it's something the, that the two oh, no. foreigners... Oh, no. Have higher charisma. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Mexican clown's going to be doing all the talking. It is whole clown regalia. Well, neither of you took the outsider edge, so you don't have a penalty from that. Right. Well, that's I'm just saying. Uh, just, uh, or hindrance, excuse me. We're, we're just. It's just a weird kind of like situation. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, it's it's like in Desolation at the beginning, where the mongrel warrior and the decrepit necromancer both had a higher charisma than the rest of the normal party members. Just a weird... I mean, it kind of makes sense for my guy. He's he's, he's, a, he's a gentleman, you know, uh-huh. kind of thing like that, so I, mean, I can see it, but it's still like, really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Um, I, I believe in the Mount Shasta aliens. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, they're... Uh, guess I'm trying to look up what they're actually called. We'll have to incorporate them in Deadlands. The, Lu- the Lemurians. <laughs> the what? The Lemurians. They the live Lemur- inside Mount Shasta. Oh. Yeah. That is my delusion. The Lemurians are real. And this real. is something you Although, talk about a lot. That's oh, yeah. get that negative one charisma from Yeah. <laughs> the Lemurians. Like, they, they are the ones doing everything. They're like the Lemurianati. <laughs> uh, you know, that reminds me of something. So, uh, going into this, everyone did their, their intros, introduced, uh, described their character and all that stuff. So, everyone take a Benny. I'm going to have to learn about Lemurians. Watch, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to actually make up part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I was doing some research for my character, and you won't uh, believe what I found. All right, so, Rogue Valley. It is August 1884. Uh, the... Uh, farms and fields are rich and fat with uh, the upcoming harvest. Uh, the vines are heavy, you know, lots of corn. You know, it's a very bountiful harvest. It's looking, everything's ripening. It's not quite time yet, but uh, folks are looking forward to uh, a year of plenty going into this winter. Um, in the Valley of Famine. Yeah, that's like the Valley of Famine. Maybe some foreshadowing going on right now. Wait for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, you might might have to wait a couple sessions for the other shoe to drop. Um, Right now, everything's perfect. Right now, everything is perfect. Uh, It's been a hard summer. It's hot, uh, or it has been hot. It's only just starting to cool off. Uh, Not quite crazy fires uh, like... We we've been having oh, recently because yeah. we're cutting more of the trees down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was kind of one of the things about the Rogue Valley is it seems like no matter how many trees they cut down, whether it be for the railroad or for the sawmills in Ashland, I think at, at this point in time Ashland is still Ashland Mills. Actually, um, I'm not 100 sure on that, but I'm not really willing to do the research because <laughs> I'm a bad person. Um, but uh, in spite of you know, regardless of how many trees people cut down, it just always seems like they they almost spring up overnight, and so the valley is covered in uh, thick forests, uh, pine and whatever else you have. Local lots of Douglas firs because that's the state tree, um, and so they 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 crowd they. they Crowd and close around even the settlements around Jacksonville and Medford and Ashland Mills, and it's it's kind of uh, almost claustrophobic, really. Just everywhere you look, you almost can't see the mountains because there's just fucking trees, and they they glow they, gr- they glow they do not glow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not yet. That'd be pretty cool. Right? <laughs> Definitely Lemurians. <laughs> Uh, they grow pretty close together, and so just going out into the forest, whether it be to hunt or to travel to the next town or whatever, you, know, you definitely got kind of like in Lord of the Rings when they're they're traveling through the old forest in, in the Fellowship of the Rings, and they're just like, fuck, we can feel the fucking malice from the goddamn trees as we're riding through this guy we made a mistake. You get that kind of same impression. Like, you feel this ancient forest, like it's bearing down on you and watching, and it's creepy. 
Um, and so people live live their days kind of with this sort of sense on them, even even in the towns where things have been clear cut a little bit and what have you. Um, oh, well, that reminds me of the fear level. Uh, so not that your characters know this, but the, the standard fear level uh, for this area is fear level 2, which means that on spirit rolls to resist fear and what have you, you're at a negative 2 because there's just this ongoing, unceasing sense of dread. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry, I'll remind you. Okay. I just don't want you all to be surprised when I say... Roll against fear, and it's going to be at negative two. And you're just like, well, this thing isn't really all that scary. Why is it negative two? So that's including our base grit. It's right. That's okay. uh, for, for you, Nick. So grit, you add uh, as a positive number to fear rolls. Okay. Uh, it kind of measures just, uh, you know, how jaded your character is, I guess. Or not, not even jaded, but uh, it's a, it's a measure... It's a measure of yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grit is that, that like, for Western shows. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got right. It. You've seen some shit, and you could look at poop all day. Clint Eastwood level. Yeah. <laughs> There's an edge you can take to culture. True grit. And then if mm-hmm. you come back as harrowed, which we'll worry about that when someone comes back as harrowed, uh, you get an extra point of grit, which is why Kane is... Uh, Pretty uh, hardy against scary things. He is a scary thing. He is a scary thing. That is true. But he's the he's the thing that the scary things are scared of, in theory, at least. <laughs> Not necessarily in breakfast. <laughs> but uh, so it's you know people have been spending the summer. They've been working hard, tending the fields, tending the ranches, maintaining the railroad, um, backbreaking work. People are tired, tempers are short. And it is right into this scenario uh, that a bit of relief to that daily toil comes because the circus has come to town. Uh, here we go. Mordecai Zamenhof's Imaginarium of Wonder and Terror comes rolling oh. over the pass. I'm just going to say the circus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. Mordecai's circus. I remember that. Mordecai. Imaginarium of Wonder and Terror. And uh, Macario, I imagine this is the circus you've been traveling with. Um, Imaginarium of Wonder and Terror. Um, I don't think Macario was specifically traveling with the circus. It's more oh, okay. that he happened upon town when he saw that the circus was in town. He's excited because he's like, "Okay, this is something I can sure. do. All I right. know this." That's fine. That's fine. I so misunderstood. Right. Um, so, or maybe you, you've arrived ahead of town. You're, you know, maybe planning on moving on, and then people say, "The circus is in town. The circus is in town." Oh, goody! Yeah. Um, sure. So a train of wagons of varying sizes, some g- ginormous behemoths, uh, others more uh, uh, typical like prairie schooners, uh, stuff like that, come rolling over the pass. It's quite an achievement in of itself, because uh, as we all know, the pass is, is no easy feat in a fucking car. <laughs> yeah. Um, they got inside of winter and trying to make the passes. Right, yeah. 
Well, the, 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 there would be no searches if it was winter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear it. There is no I-5. There is no I-5 at this time. <laughs> um, so the circus comes rolling into town, and they set up near Medford. Because um, at, at this point, Medford's slowly becoming the uh, kind of center of the Rogue Valley. So it's not quite there yet. Jacksonville is still very much the, the seat of power, and that's you know where, where people go to. That's where the shops are and things like that. Medford is just the place where the train station is. Um, and there's some basic shops there for people who are just passing through. Maybe they have to wait for the train to refuel and whatnot, so they get off and they buy a few trinkets and then get back on the train and leave. Um, Dumb question real quick. Okay. Did Medford just become Medford? Because it used to be Middleford. Like, was that name change just coming effect or something? Um, it probably should still be Milford, but I think for, for, ease, for ease, ease of memory we're going to call it Milford. Sounds good. Consummate <laughs> history. But, uh, but good point. Good point, because it was called Milford. Of course, the people in Jacksonville probably still call it Mud Pit. Mud <laughs> Pit? <laughs> yeah. Nice. People in Ashland still call it Methford, even though... <laughs> even though Methford, 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 yeah. Yeah. People in Methford still call it Methford. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Methford, I call it that. Yeah. <laughs> there are probably a few opium dens. Dens? Dens? The fuck is that? I don't know. Uh, it's the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some opium, opium dens in Middleford. Uh, plenty in Jacksonville, which actually historically had a pretty big Chinatown um, through the late 1800s, and then the mines played out, the railroad bypassed the town, and people left. That's the dogs listening. Yeah. Just, just ignore it. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to edit that out. It's definitely not a human kidney that Ben has fed to his dogs. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell people that, Austin! <laughs> All right, anyway. I trusted you. <laughs> um, I apologize. Let's, let's get going here. All right, yeah, let's get going. So, circus comes rolling into town. They set up outside of Medford, and they're uh, they're getting ready for their first night. What are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, so when Macario figures out the circus is in town, he's, he very excitedly, like, puts his hand over his heart, closes his eyes, and says a small prayer, and then rushes off to join it on his ugly, ugly, ugly horse. All right. Now, when you say join it, like... Are you, are you looking to get in on the act, or you just kind of want to check it out maybe the first night and see what they got going on and, and then offer your services later? He's going to go straight up and join it because he feels like this is fate. This is where he's supposed to be. All right. So you go walking up. You find the ringmaster. They, they get Mordecai Zamenhof himself. Uh, Mordecai Zamenhof, he's a tall, uh, dark-skinned man. Not, um, not of, of uh, African descent. He's not black. Uh, but he's got kind of that, that um, I don't want to say swarthy because I'm pretty sure that is not a politically correct term but uh, olive, kind of olive uh, dark olive colored skin uh, basically have Turkish descent looks like almost um, I lost my place uh, <laughs> possibly of Turkish descent with striking amber eyes and a full black beard and he dress he totally dresses the part of the ringmaster with a suit of rich blue and black uh, coattails and a, a big black top hat completes the costume. And he's got a big deep booming voice. It sounds like he's you know announcing 
even as he's just having a, a, an ordinary conversation. Take your volume from 11. Crank it down a little bit, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's got a deep voice. All right. Um, and can I kind of tell that he's the, the master here? Like, is he barking out yeah. orders? And... Yeah, he's definitely, he's not just the, the ringmaster, but he's the guy who owns the circus. All right. On the theme. So uh, Macario's going to kind of step up to this guy and, and sort of like, you know, politely wait until he turns around and just sort of wave at him once he catches his gaze. And it, it doesn't take long for that to happen. This guy's pretty alert. Like, he's directly like, all right, you know, I want I want the big top over here. I want the uh, the oddities wagons kind of over off to this side, and I want the freak show in between. Uh, you can put the, the boneyard back over there. You know, it doesn't take long. He's alert. He sees you walk up, and he turns around, and he looks at you, and kind of gives you a, uh, looks at you with a, almost a, a Spock, you know, cocked eyebrow, or raises that eyebrow and says, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so Macario kind of, like, looks up at him. I'm assuming this guy's pretty tall, right? Yeah, he's pushing. He's six foot something. He's pretty tall. He's not, he's, he's like six foot three. He's not the tallest person in the world, but he's pretty tall. Or at least he looks it. Makara takes off his kind of little brown hat. It's got, you know, a little dirt on it. It's, it's seen the, the trails of America, California. Uh, and he kind of holds it over his chest and gives it a little bow, and he says, uh, uh, Friend, uh, Mr. Sir, I am looking for work. I just made to town, you see, and... I would, uh, I have skills, and I think that I would be perfect for, for your, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? Imaginarium? Uh, your imaginarium, imaginarium, yes. Well, what kind of skill, uh, I'm sorry, what, did you introduce your, yourself to, he, if you did, he didn't forget, but yeah. Ben may have forgotten. Uh, well, uh, before I show you, uh, my name is Macario. And I am, uh, you know, wanting to build a life in this great country, you see. And, and so, uh, y- yes, uh, y- you mind if I, uh, I show you on, on uh, those poles over there? And he points at, like, some wood stakes in the ground. Please. By all means. Uh, so what Macario does is he basically pulls out uh, two ropes from his backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also pulls out a uh, clown's wig, okay, um, and some makeup. And he basically, you know, quickly paints his face and kind of almost puts the clown wig on in a in a, like a uh, reverent, uh, reverent, reverent manner, almost like he's wearing a crown. Okay, uh-huh. and uh, he, you know, he kind of squares his shoulders, uh, beefs his chest up, and looks like he's powerful and prepared. And he's got these two ropes in his arms. Mm-hmm. And then he starts swinging his arms around, and as as the uh, circus master's watching him, uh, you know he swings these these ropes, and then when he stops, he somehow tied them both in the lassos. Okay. So cool. he just somehow like with his hands just did that, uh-huh. and then with the two lassos, he kind of zones in on these wooden posts, and he he flings one lasso, goes right around it, tightens it right at the top of the post, uh-huh. flings the other with the other arm, his arms are crossed, uh-huh. and he basically swings himself, almost like a trapeze artist, and lands on the other side, still gripping the ropes, then spins around in midair, swings back, and somehow detaches the ropes from the post and actually jumps a really good distance, almost like past the circus master. master. Okay. Cool. So, 
Uh, is that uh, your approval, sir? Well, that was uh, very impressive. Um, that is definitely to my approval. Uh, do you wish to perform with us for the show only, or do you want to travel with us? Because, quite frankly, I'm extending an invitation. Ah, <laughs> well, travel, I do not know. I uh, build a life, you see, uh, in the valley, the valley, you see. And so I, uh, well, I will, I will work with you, and, you know, I will bring many uh, money, the dinero, you know? Of course, uh, of course. But I, I do not know the, fu- the, the soon to be the future. Well, I expect we shall be here for a week. I will pay you five dollars, five dineros a night uh, for a performance. And uh, tonight we'll start you off um, outside uh, the big tent, and we'll see how people react. But if people like like your skills, like I do, that was very impressive. Um, and we'll, we'll put you in the, the main show. Uh, I think that will go quite nicely, um, Macario. Do, uh, do you have a, a, performing, a performing name? Uh, no, I... Uh, a payaso is what, is my, what I am. Okay. So call, I guess call me uh, the payaso. The payaso. Very good. Pleasure to meet your acquaintance, Macario. Yeah, Macario looks kind of shocked for a second that it went so well, and he's trying to think, how much is five dollars? Uh, <coughs> I think in the um, uh, that day and age, five dollars a day is probably pretty good, actually. Okay. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. The best, the best I can give that uh, what I know, like a dollar is enough to get you an in-stay for the day, three meals a day. And like a drink at the bar. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it, 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 money was. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely. My, my intention is that he is not shortchanging you. He's giving you a very, very fair wage. Cool. Um, yeah, so Macario was happy to take that money and go try to find a place in town to stay. All right. There's a couple of hotels. I haven't really named them. Uh, there's, there's definitely like. Your generic grand hotel in Medford. That's uh, even though it's advertised as a hotel, it's it's not much better than a hostel. Um, is that the shittiest hotel in town? Because you would choose one that's cheap for sure. It basically is the shittiest hotel in town. Okay, yeah. Like, if you wanted something better, you'd want to go over to uh, to Jacksonville, which is pro- maybe. Yeah, that's where I think Hardo would live. Okay. Yeah, I think Makara doesn't really know the value of what this man is giving him yet, so he's trying to like spend as little money as possible to okay. figure it out. Yeah, I, I think it, ta- it gives prices for a cheap hotel in the book there. Two bucks. Two bucks. Um, uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to stay in Ashland because basically Ashland is like a week's journey on wagon away um, because there, we don't have you know the I five or the yeah. ninety nine. So there's there's a lot of trees in the way. It's not a direct route. Ashland's pretty isolated. Uh, oh, which presents a problem because you live in Ashland. Yeah. Uh, we'll say you're you're stu- you're in Medford. With, yeah, you know, I, I knew supplies. the circus was coming to town, so I'm probably like looking for work there. Okay, so you're there too, yeah. looking looking to to I cash in on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, yeah, I've 
Yeah, I ran off and joined the circus. I've done this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you probably saw those wagons coming over the pass initially. You know, when someone was like, "Oh, look, there's someone." Oh, there's, oh shit, circus wagons! I can I know exactly where they're going. They're going to Medford. Yeah. That's central. So yeah, you're probably there too. Uh, that actually leads me to another question. So you don't know. You just arrived in the valley, so you don't know anyone else. But are the three of you familiar with each other at all? I was thinking we would probably at least be familiar with each other because you've been yeah. in town for a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking that, at least in that regard, um, I may have had to bring some of my people in for breaking tomorrow rules to you and be like, detain them, arrest them, I do not care. Right. Well, and since you're, you have a code of honor and I have heroic, I feel like our values match okay. at least pretty well for the most part. So I would imagine we get along. Fairly well. Like, I mean, he, I, might, he, he may be willing to do certain things that you wouldn't and you may be willing to do certain things that he wouldn't. Right. And I can like I could see like Rachel, you know, needing a hand with something and like you know, oh, I, I know somebody I can depend on. So, so maybe uh, before this point, like you've you've met each other, you've done, you've worked a little bit with each other, but you've never really worked closely. You've never right. had common cause to come together and work as a team per se. Yeah. But you, you definitely are familiar with each other. Yeah, okay. like I know Haru is a local honorable. Mm -hmm. um, honorable gent. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Didn't you say you were traveling with like Annie Oakley's circus or whatever? Well, I did, like but now I've settled in there. Well, we might have in the past. Oh, yeah. Okay. Worked together on yeah. like, something like that. Okay. Cross, at least cross yeah. before. Maybe you came to came over together with the same circus. Because yeah, Annie Oakley's uh, Wild Bill's Western Circus or whatever yeah. didn't necessarily come to the Rogue Valley. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did, historically speaking, I don't know, but at least as far as your journeys are are considered like you eventually you know the circus was going one direction you wanted to go right. to uh to rogue valley so you left and picked up with another circus yeah. maybe yeah. you met Raylan there okay yeah. that's cool yeah wild bill mostly went east mm -hmm. showing people western acts so. yeah. yeah there's definitely a difference between eastern circus and western circus back then yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, and I probably did a little bit of sharpshooting in the circus. <laughs> sharpshooting? He's got the bail gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I do in the circus. <laughs> I, 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 I was just like sharpshooting. Sharpshooting. Now, <laughs> does, does Raylan do any actual acts, or is she more of like, I can help you build shit? She's more, yeah, like a sets of help sets of tents, you know, okay. knows the rails real well, so she can like, yeah, like when it comes to packing the things on, on the trains and off the trains. Okay. She does all uh, that kind of we'll stuff. Say you've been she's, offered, she's a roadie. Uh, <laughs> like, $2 a day um, to, to help with the construction of, of the, the circus and whatnot. And you're already, like, hired on. Like, yeah, yeah, we can we can use uh, the extra help and that contraption of yours looks like it'll be really useful for getting these tents uh, set up right there. <laughs> Rope! Training whistle every time. Awesome. Yeah, that's the that's a terrible imitation of the training whistle. Sounded more like a dog with something stuck in its throat. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, um, so that's going on. Uh, what about the two of you? Um, um, Haru has his pipe and he's more of meandering with the circus as mm -hmm. you know, there's some of the smaller shows. 
Uh, and this is this bring, this will be in the evening, yeah. really bringing you know the, the you know he's not in the big tent yet. He's uh-huh. more just wandering around watching some of the outside shows that are meant to bring people in. He's he's interested in the circuses. He's not he's it's kind of like a the Japanese no dramas and things like that. Like, right. He's a fascination, but he's not as into him as some of the American people are. It's not like clapping and wildly cheering. He's just. Puzzle, you know, kind of a puzzled look mm-hmm. on his face. You know, interesting, interesting. Puffs on his pipe. He's got his uh, die show on him at all times because he wants to keep it safe. Um, and people are kind of giving you a little bit of wide berth. Like the, the locals are probably accustomed at this point in time, but they're still just like, okay, this guy's got swords on him. Let's not get too close. And uh, yeah, that'd be about it. Just. Wandering, which is ironic because a lot of people have guns, guns. Yeah. and yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. think twice about that. <laughs> oh shit, that guy's got a sword. <laughs> I mean, I, he also has his uh, peacemaker clearly on his hip as well, uh-huh. on his uh, right hip, where his swords are on his left, and he's uh, just taking it in. Okay. And there's there's uh, acts out there. There's clowns and, and jugglers and things like that. And there's this guy who's doing some crazy ass tricks with ropes. Yep, uh, and as you pass him, he's uh, basically taking one rope and has somehow tied it to the other rope to make it like an even longer rope that he's hooking around someone as like a joke. Actually, okay, I have a way of introducing myself. Then. All right, all right, let's do it. Uh, good evening, uh, small one. <laughs> you are very skilled in rope. I know many people who would be very interested in your skill back home. Tying up convicts. I, uh, convict, what is this? Uh, Prisoner, I think, would be the most appropriate term. Uh, one who does crime? Yes, that would be an appropriate assumption. I I am uh, but a simple payaso, uh, sir, and I, uh, as you see, I am working. uh, Perhaps we talk later. very much would like to speak with you on your skills with rope tying. It is a very interesting art. I it is no uh, is no art, no not uh, like painting. You know, uh, it's a uh, skill uh, I learned. There's a separation of idioms again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you misunderstand. Um, when I say art, I mean display of skill. Oh, I, uh, grass, thank you. I, much, it is good to hear. You do not need to thank me for uh, acknowledging one who has skill such as yours. Just accept that you are most efficient. God damn it, accept my compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he he gives you one of his his great smiles and then kind of goes back to work trying to you know, work the crowd, make sure everybody's happy. He, and there's maybe some other roadie who, who's pretending to just be another member of the crowd that you, you, you've already been made familiar with, and you're, like, pretending to rope and, and tie him like he's a, a calf. Yeah, I hog tie him. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I sit on him oh, and man. all that kind of good clown uh-huh. hog tie stuff. I can't remember the term, but it was, uh, and he would have used it, but I can't remember it. It's the Japanese rope tying techniques for... It's a martial, actual martial art for 
tying people up and things like that. It's actually very interesting. Yeah, I think that's kind of what what he does. Only he learned it from being like a former bar, uh, vaquero, like a former cowboy. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, he he t- takes a puff on his pipe and bows his head to you before continuing on. Just kind of looking around or watching other people, but he kind of keeps an eye on you, like. Very interesting because it's also it would have been a martial art used by his people back home for prisoners. Got it. And uh, Daisy, you're you're probably there as well. You're finished with your work, so you're able to like relax, relax and enjoy yeah. the circus. All right. Sitting there, mm-hmm. chewing some tobacco, spitting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is uh, is Rachel there as well? Yeah, I imagine kind of earlier in the day, Rachel um, met up with the Method Marshal and mm-hmm. you know, circuses in town, probably gonna be a lot of drunks out, people getting rowdy, fights. Um so she's there on duty. Just keeping the peace. The Marshal uh Marshal uh Markson's probably was like Listen, Rachel, um you wanna go to the circus, go on ahead. I mean maybe maybe check with Sheriff Ross first, but it's okay with me if you just want to go to the, sh- the the circus. And if you happen to see anyone getting up to any trouble, I I won't mind if uh, if you, you you bust them. Alrighty, alrighty, Ed. So yeah, she's she's also probably wandering around. Badge on. She knows you're us all. He <laughs> <laughs> makes suspicious. Um, There's a guy with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> Swords or she's basically just looking to make sure, like she's enjoying the circus, but she's also kind of keeping an eye out, make sure like no one is. You're probably seeing some guy who's had too much drink, starting to get rowdy, and kind of give him a look. Like, yeah. you better, uh, you better cut yourself off and calm the fuck down, mm-hmm. or I'm going to do it for you. You do that. You just, just like lightly like, around him, open up your car, right? show the really so right? right? Close it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, ooh. Oh, okay, I guess I'm not drinking any more whiskey tonight. Um, so the main show is a dollar to see, uh, and the other attractions. There's some carnival games, uh, games of chance and skill, uh, and 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 whatnot. Um, those are a nickel. Uh, entrance to the oddities wagons is a nickel. Same thing with uh, the different uh, freak show attractions, which I'm. Not 100% comfortable with that term, but that is the term that was used at the time, at least. The, the odd people. Yeah. yeah what, what we will try to be politically right? correct, but if we do not know the proper political correct term, we apologize. Definitely, yeah. Uh, but history happened. We will we, Historical terms will be used because that's what was used mm. in the time as well. I mean... We'll try to be politically correct. Yeah, we're we're gonna yeah. try and avoid using anything that's that's it's offensive. Kind of a, I just mm. it's kind I, of a weird. I'm bubble. not 100 sure if there's a better term for it. And in, in the, the side attractions of, to come sideshow. Yeah, we'll call it the yeah, sideshow. Side show. There you go. That's there better. Go. I like that a lot. Better. Yeah, the, the, that, that's a good way. Um, so yeah, there's you know it's a nickel for the different sideshows. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know. Let's see what we've got here as far as the sideshows go. So it's the, the usual things you expect from a sideshow. Uh, there's the Wolfman, uh, the Bearded Woman, the Savage Magician, who's probably just some Native American from the you know 
uh, the, the Sioux or something yeah. who who just knows a couple of like car tricks and magic tricks and stuff like that. Little far for Sioux, Sioux or the Dakotas. Oh well, I was just saying a little. I mean, he could have come with them on the yeah, on the, right, the, the yeah. Choo choo. <laughs> well, they didn't come on a train. They came on wagons. Oh, but, wagons, whatever. But yeah, um, they you know, some wagon train. some Native American who who knows a couple of magic tricks um, that is advertised as the Savage Magician. Uh, racism. That was a good racism abounds. <laughs> <laughs> Insert racism. Yes. Um, and and at at that time, that would have been an attraction. Yes. Instead of just like, this is a guy who happens to be Native American and knows magic tricks. Every fifth person in Las Vegas, for example. Right. <laughs> Rachel's wondering about, like, didn't you see there were, like, the, um, the, the games? Mm-hmm. There's a game of chance. There's a there's definitely a shooting game. Can I just, I just want to there, like, she goes to the shooting game. Okay. Like, Here's a nickel, like, shoot. Uh, give, give me a shooting roll. They're, okay. they're handing you a pistol. Oh, okay. Um... Definitely, you're you're going to impress. But I just want to see like how are impressive you, sure? you are. Yes, no. We're we're assuming character competency. Yes. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's a success. So like, you you know you they, they hand me the pistol. All right, miss. Uh, go ahead and try your luck. Shoot the targets. She'll kind of go. Well, you know, it's been a while since my days in the. Got your guns on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'll do okay, and then she just like. Oh, you're a. Sorry. Are you yeah. drawing your guns to shoot, well, or are you using the gun? The is gun it a real gun shoot? that they shot back? In the, yeah. Then I'll draw my own guns totally and just shoot and like bullseye, bullseye, like all the cans get knocked off. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. You, your last name again? Uh, Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, one of them. I have bad news. <laughs> <laughs> You have a descendant. A few of them, actually. Like right down the line. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's really impressive when the uh, man kind of hands you your uh, your cigar. Nice. <laughs> and uh, says, "Well, uh, so you used to work at circus. What circus did you work?" Wild Bill's. There's definitely like this 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 long like wide eyed like oh yeah imagine if you will his chin touching his toes yeah, <laughs> yeah. jaw drops like uh I should charge you extra <laughs> but like, you walk away leaving him wondering like wait was that fucking Annie Oakley <laughs> was I cheated <laughs> oh like. Took the cigar into my vest. Okay. Games are rigged and she still won. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Because she used her own gun. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about ammunition for that. That's oh, cool. Okay. Um, they put it on the table next to the gun they provide, but you just grab the ammo. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, put on my shades first. <laughs> at night. At night. You're you're doing your tricks. People are loving it. Um I'm gonna steal uh, a D6? Not a D6, I want a D10. Uh, there's a D10. Um, a couple of people tip you. Oh shit. That's great. 
Three bucks. All right. Because uh, they're just they're impressed with your rope tricks. They like them. Um, maybe a. One or two people are kind of drunk. They they don't react too well to getting roped, but they're you know everyone else kind of you know gets them to, to calm the fuck down. Um, yeah, and be like, hey, relax. It's just it's a circus. What do you expect? You know, all this and, and it was really cool. Uh, and if somebody gets pissed off, uh, he basically has a little pack near him, and he'll toss them, like, a little uh, handkerchief that he's folded into a bow. Okay. So he just has, like, a lot of these little colorful things. Cool. I like it. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, any specific uh, attractions that you want to go check out there, Raylan? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm just going to be hanging out with uh, probably the rest of the carnies and roadies. And okay. Any other any specific attractions you wanna wanna go to? Um, I'm thinking actually he went to the the main tent. And okay. He, he uh, may have paid, even paid an extra dollar to kind of get like a, a really good seat. Okay. Yeah, you got a front row seat then. Yeah. So two dollars. Is anyone else going to the main show? Um. Yeah, I'll make my way over there after the okay. time meandering. Game. Yeah, for a dollar you can get a seat in there. For two dollars you can get a front front row seat. He's well, kind of he's kind of used. You to, you can get in. Yeah, for I was free. Say, I'll get into the main show yeah, at that he's, point. He's kind of used to the like the high life and like uh-huh. certain. I think I'll be like warming up the crowd uh, as they're either entering or maybe once they're seated and they're waiting or something. Yes, yeah. and then some one of the maybe the roadies or the other clowns. You know, once once they're like getting people ushered in, uh, he'll grab you by the like, hey hey, come on, you you, you got to see this. All right. Um, Rachel will just pay a dollar, but maybe she'll. I mean, like, see Haru and just kind of give him, like, a nod, like, oh, like, hello. He just, he nods, he's got his pipe still in his hand, and, um, I mean, if you're close enough, he may converse, I don't know. No. Sure, big sure, time, so if you want to. I was, big no. time, so, you know, kind of big, so I was just kind of. Oh, I was thinking, like, she just kind of sees you in passing, because I didn't pay extra to get a good seat, I'm just. Okay. Well, you could have passed him. Like, you could have uh, passed right in front. There's, oh, okay. There's, if you guys want to role play, there's an opportunity yeah. to role play, for sure. Um. Greetings, uh, Miss Kennedy. Howdy, Haru. How are uh, you this evening? I am most excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing good. In fact, I just want a cigar. For your skins and shooting, I presume. Indeed. Uh, I, am, I presume that also the man you, uh, how you say, showed up your skill for was most displeased that he could not have made more money from you attempting again. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure he would have let me. <laughs> you are more than likely most accurate. <laughs> These uh, circus folk tend to be very wily with their games and partner tricks. How loudly do you say that? Huh? Well, you know what, never mind. It's pretty noisy. There's people shopping around, so never mind. He would have said it as as delicately as possible, of course. Right. But well, and you say it conversationally, so I don't think anyone could really get well, that out of all the, the clamor. Rachel will kind of have this like knowing smile on her face, and she's like, "Yeah, we are." <laughs> <laughs> it is a pleasure to see you again, Miss Kennedy. May I, I hope that our paths cross again in a more fit and fa- very favorable. The, 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 the whiskey. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Rachel will tip her hat to me like, I hope you enjoy the show. Mm, kind of. Okay, and as you will as well, Miss Kennedy. So you see a lot of the uh, the usual acts 
um, that that come with a circus, the trapeze artists and the the athletes and the jugglers and and, and what have you, uh, the various wild animals and the the lion tamers and and so on and so forth. Chair in the whip. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they bring out uh, one gentleman, uh, Vadim, the uh, the invincible. Uh, this big, huge. Russian guy, if you thought that uh, Mordecai was tall, this guy is a giant. Mm -hmm. He's big and he's brawny and he performs a bunch of feats of strength for you, uh, lifting various heavy things and uh, Mordecai invites people come try and lift these weights for yourselves and see how you compare versus Vadim the Invincible! Oh, Uh, whose trade would have been great. (laughs) 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 Uh, does anyone want to have a go at that? Sure, I'll, uh, uh, you know, I, I feel like just, I wanna, I, more as a, not so much that he thinks that he can beat Medium or even lift the weights, but more mm-hmm. as a, like, I want to see just how heavy they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so strength check? Yeah, yeah, strength check. And so don't forget you get your wild die to go with that. Which is uh, It's another d6, so you take the higher of the two. I've got... I play Shadowrun. Ooh, blow that up. Uh, blow that six up. Blow oh, it up again. Six. Oh, boy. Gosh. Seventeen. So you're a superhuman. <laughs> yeah. So. At first, you're straining. Slightly short. You're straining against these, these huge weights. And you, uh, you're you're a samurai, and you're also a chi master. So you kind of you, you you pause and you center your stance and you center your spirit, and you you pull up on it again. You feel something kind of kind of tug and then snap uh, a little bit, uh, and then all of a sudden you're able to just like lift the weights up over your head, and the whole the whole audience, whoa. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you, you see, you kind of know this Mordecai's just like, fuck. <laughs> and you look down, you can see there's some like latches, maybe, that were hooked into those weights that are now like, snapped because he broke those. Um, to... And you see Vadim just going, hmm. <laughs> he, after bringing the weights back down, he sets them down, mm-hmm. the weights down. He, he bows and he goes, These are indeed very heavy. I wish you the best of luck. And he heads back to the. Uh, they were not. I mean, they were. They were, it, it was, they were heavy, but they was, were not. No, he was being more. It was more of just a. I don't want to. Spoil the spoil show. Spoil the show for everyone okay. else. Kind uh-huh. of thing. So he's like. Ugh, ugh. So. so you, you I give think that, that would spoil the show. Super big Russian guy, little Japanese guy. Right. I'm like, I'm like five, six, five, eight, you know? Just whoop. Huh. So you, you bow, and, and out of the corner, you see Mordecai just kind of give like a small sigh of relief. And, and Vadim kind of comes lumbering towards you and stands and, and he doesn't he doesn't do quite the same manner about but he definitely you know does a sort of ah oh. and then he reaches over and one hand lifts the uh, the weights up over his head and and you know performs the crowd ah. I, I offer a hand and like see how you know kind of like I see how strong much stronger I had to use both my hands mm-hmm. he using one kind of thing. Because I, 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 I am enough of a local to be like, people need this. Yeah. 
he, you know, kind of kind of claps you over the shoulder, like, oh, you are uh, very strong. You're not as strong as uh, Vadim, but no one is strong as Vadim, but you are close second. Very, very close second. I will accept that compliment. Good, good, and, uh, <laughs> a quiet, just a quiet nod of "You're welcome." Before heading back towards his particular seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after they finish the the kind of the exhibition of strength, uh, Marka is like, "And now, uh, for those who are brave enough, the Deem will accept challengers for bare knuckle brawling." Who's brave enough to take the invincible Vadim on hand to hand? I've already <laughs> done my part. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've, I've already tried my luck with Vadim right now. If I get in this fist fight, I'm going to get the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of guys taking on bets are encouraged. Does, any, does anyone want to bet on, on this? or against the Deem? You know, um, I'll put a dollar towards the Deem. Like, in favor of... Okay. Uh, you easily make your dollar back. Okay. Uh, so you gain two dollars, we'll say. Two dollars! Woohoo! I, I made my money back from... Nice. From the show. From yeah. the show, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's some... Some some brawling that goes on, but Vadim, of course, wins every round. Uh, and give me a fighting roll. Fighting roll. Yeah. So I roll my fighting and your wild die and take the higher of the two. Eight. Very nice. Oh, we'll blow up. That's yeah, six. Whoa. Upstairs. Upstairs. Three sixes in a row, by the way. Okay. Nice. That, that die awesome. is hot. Okay. And a four. Uh, so, 18, so you're, you're he's easily able to tell that uh, these, these are not staged fights. Uh, this is real honest, you know, brawling. Like he's not he's not it's killing not, anyone. It's, it's but pugilism. Yeah, the, the precursor to boxing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I don't know if it's the pre. I think boxing is a thing, but yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah, this yeah. isn't quite boxing. It's, it's this, this is just fighting. Yeah, pugilism. So, but but it's not it's not rigged. No one's throwing a fight. It's it's honest uh, brawling. Um, very interesting. He kind of says to himself, "Just very interesting." This Vadim is a very impressive man. Glad I put my money towards him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll just wait for Ed to get back. We'll move on to this next point. Right. And I'll Alright, um, so we took a break there. The the brawling comes to an end. Uh, Vadim disappears from the tent, and they they uh, reduce the lanterns down so it gets darker in the tent, and the drums play. <laughs> and uh, Mordecai gets up there and says, And now, ladies and gentlemen, steal your resolve and prepare yourselves. Those of you who are weak of constitution and will, I advise to leave the tent right now, because our next feature, we present to you the Scourge of the Dark Continent. Yes, all the way from Africa, we bring you the terrifying, the voracious Siafu. And uh, you see a bunch of men... Uh, well, a bunch of uh, guys dressed up as clowns come out 
onto the, the stage and they, they gather around the ring and they're all armed with what looks like flamethrowers. And you see another, like, ten more uh, men dressed like clowns solemnly marching uh, onto the stage with this massive... You can only really describe it as a lead-bound sarcophagus. This thing is huge. And it's just, it's got um, straps and bolts and, and all sorts of just excessive mechanisms to keep it locked and sealed. And they place it down the middle of the stage and they attach um, hooks and cables to the lid and they get way the fuck away and the guys with the flamethrower start kind of spouting off in a sort of theatric the pyrotechnics of the age yes Um, Haru just leans forward you know inquisically he sees he's he's slightly uncomfortable in the situation like this is this is definitely something different than Mm -hmm. before so he's watching carefully yeah and I'm I'm going to require a role if anyone in character knows what Siafu are at this point. Because um, you've probably never heard of these. I can't imagine your characters would ever have had any circumstance to know what Siafu are. I might know out of character. I have not a clue. Really? Uh, out of character, not a clue. This makes me so happy. Uh, because it's so... It sounds like something I've heard of. Oh, really? Oh, I'm going to surprise you all. Yes! And, uh, I don't know. Listeners, don't spoil know. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you would. Shh! <laughs> so there's... Wait a minute. <laughs> so the, the drums are going. Yeah, Rachel's also like, leaning forward, like... And, like, uh, the, the flames are going. And, uh... And, and Mordecai, brace yourselves, ladies. Behold! The monstrosity... The swarm, the siafu, and the, the the guys pull hard on the, the lid, and the the sarcophagus tilts forward. The lid comes flying open, and this massive horde of these huge ants comes pouring out of the box, and they cover the whole of the ring. And the only thing keeping them back from the audience, and you know, you can feel the seething hunger coming off these things. These things just want nothing more than to devour all life and you can feel it. They come seething forward and the only thing that keeps them away from the audience are the flames of the uh, the clowns armed with the flamethrowers. They, you know, when you can see they're, they're, they're cooking off swaths of these, these ants and yet still they make no dent in the swarm. There's millions of these things as they crawl and skitter about the ring. And then uh, you hear the panicked cry of a calf, and from one end of the uh, the, 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 the the fucking words failed me. The tent, you see men driving a calf forward, a cow, um, and it and it goes bolting into the ring, into the midst of these things, and they just envelop the calf, and you hear its cries, and they strip it to to the, the chorus of the audience's screams of horror. Holy shit! They strip this thing in seconds down to the bones. And then they consume even those. And there is nothing left of the cat. When you say it's a bigger ant, like... Like uh, an inch, two inches long. Okay. And that's just like the workers. I think that um, 
as Macario sees this happen, he drops his rope and is just horrified at the cruelty of what he's just seen people do to this animal. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, you know, from Haru, just like a, like, he has his pipe up to his lips and his mouth is open, so it's not going to happen like And then, uh, you know, they, they let the ants, you know, they, they, they surge, they try to make, and it's definitely a concentrated attack as they try to break past the flamethrowers to get at the audience, and they surge forward, and there's a belch of flames, and they fall back, and, and you can see the, the burnt, crisp bodies of the ants. They got too close. And eventually, after a, a you know a minute or two of this, as they demonstrate, you know, behold, it's the the terror, the voracious appetite, blah 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 blah. And eventually, they 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 drive them back into the sarcophagus with a flamethrower, and they probably killed twenty five, maybe maybe more percent of these ants. May kill a bunch of them just with the flamethrowers alone as they drive them back in the sarcophagus and they they let the the lid that's been held back with the the cables uh, just drop closed with a, a heavy booming thud and then you see some you know while the the flamethrower armed clowns kind of keep a, a a ready eye and this is not like an act they're they're ready to just burn these things to a crisp in case they somehow come surging back out. And others rush forward and quickly, you know, latch it close, and they, they heave it up and remove it from the, uh, the 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 circus ring. And listeners, for those who don't know, siafu are a real thing. They're native to Africa, uh, as a specific mountain, really, and they're they're ants that prey on humans, <laughs> literally. Like, like they'll, they'll go out in their their forages, and they won't think twice about. Stripping a human down to the bare, the bones, and and carting off the meat. You know, now that now the description's out, I remember them now. My wife and I watch a lot of top ten videos and top ten deadliest vertebrates, mm-hmm. top ten deadliest vertebrate invertebrates. Boom, number five. Yep. Those are the siafu. Um, and it really pleases me that no one had really heard of them, and, and that description was. Hopefully, as terrifying as I imagined yeah, it to be. Fantastic! I think it was terrifying and also like morally reprehensible. To All right, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it, 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 it technically Haru's Buddhist, so nature, ants needing to feed, and but the the, the disturbing level of just feeding this cowlit, so. Messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that it's like a spectator sport of seeing this this calf suffer in this. And keep in mind, animal rights aren't really a thing in this yeah. day and age. Daisy's more concerned about like what happens if some of those little ants get out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like some ant colonies. Well, and, and you definitely got the feeling like they they were taking security very seriously. Yeah. They were not stinting on the number of of guys. You know, these were guys dressed up like clowns. They definitely were not clowns. <laughs> They were the clown. Yeah. The clown makeup and attire was mainly there to try to help us maintain a level of composure. Because mm-hmm. if they were wearing what they should have been wearing, we would have just freaked out entirely. Right. These these guys are definitely mercenaries, very highly trained with the use of the flamethrower, uh, and and very well experienced in basically wrangling siafu. <laughs> wrangling. 
And uh, this is Deadlands, so there's maybe a little little more weird going on with these Siafu. They're they're you know maybe more of a malevolent mind controlling them to, to swarm against humans and whatnot. Uh, but your characters don't necessarily know that. Mm-hmm. We're uh, just blissfully ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> but just, you know, I mean, less so now. Siafu are not necessarily <laughs> that well All right, everybody, metagame it, but don't tell Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, there's not really any other um, particular sh- show in the, in the main show. That stands out. It's more of the usual uh, circus fair. Uh, you see, maybe maybe one other one that stands out, and uh, I relate this from real life experience. That makes sense of the circus, but you see, like some ladies performing various uh, athletic um, displays, and at one point, like she she gets up uh, on this uh, this. <laughs> like that? <laughs> yes, just, just like that. It does involve a dog. Oh, okay. uh, but it's this little little dog, um, like a miniature poodle sort of thing, and this lady bounces upside down oh, no. one arm oh, yeah. on the dog's head. Wow! And and you see the dog just kind of like hunker down with you know with his neck and stuff so it can take the weight, and it's actually like legit pretty impressive between the dog yeah. and the lady. Um, I saw that once at a, at a natural circus. It was pretty cool because I was a little little kid when I when I saw it. It still stands out to this day. That poor little dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So the the night continues on. And about really the only uh, remaining major attraction to go check out would be the uh, the oddities wagons. Hey, Finn, knock it off. Anyone uh, intrigued by those? Attention. The, the Siafu main show. That's pretty odd. Yeah. Um, I think Haru needs some air <laughs> after seeing that. Like, he, yeah. he goes outside and he's going to be a little apprehensive about pants in the future. <laughs> yeah. I think Rachel has a new phobia. <laughs> That's what should be to that level, but he might see, like, an ant, like, like a line of ants and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Macario's jobs, his work for the night, is kind of winding down, and yeah. so he's going to yeah, start. You're, at this point, you're free to go check out the the circus. Yeah, so he kind of takes off his gear and sort of wipes the paint off his face, and he has a very concerned look on his face. Like what he just saw, um, you know, it, it makes him concerned, uh, and so he's going to go kind of like talk with some of the other people at the circus and kind of see, like, you know, is this a typical thing where like, yeah, you know, these horrible, dangerous animals. We've that, gotten used to it a little bit. It always puts everyone on edge. We keep that thing under guard. Uh, you know, we don't let them. What? Feeding time sucks. Let's just say, um, but yeah, we we don't fool around <laughs> with the the Siafu exhibit. That's that's not a game. And uh, the food. Uh, what what do you the food? What do you feed them? Animals. Usually, whatever we can buy from the local farms. Always like that? With the li- the live animal? Not always. <laughs> they prefer it, but it's squirming. It's, it's usually easier when you can make it run into them than having to get close enough to throw it into their mitts. No, I, I, I'm for thoroughly It's not a them. It's a natural disaster at that point. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, and and so Macario's thinking like, well, maybe I, I can have a talk with the circus master, master and convince him to maybe just throw meat next time rather than like tossing a live animal in. Uh, and so he's going to go try to have that conversation. All right, you're not able to find Mordecai to talk to at this point. He's still really busy, just kind of running the circus, making sure everything's going smooth. So maybe maybe tomorrow morning you'll you'll be able to find him to to talk to. After the show, he's counting all his money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, the circus isn't closed just yet. I know. Right? Like the, well, that's like after show. after all that, before going to bed, got a little scale out. <laughs> So instead, I think I'll search for um, Haru and see if I can, because he said he wanted to talk with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just walking out in the air. So. Sure, he's pretty pretty easy to find. He's the only guy walking around with uh, with swords. <laughs> uh, you are the gentle, the senor, the gentleman, right? Uh, that You complimented me. Uh, he's not wearing his makeup now, but for his, for his clown hood. He, he look. He gives you a kind of a praising look to see if he can, like, if he recognizes you without your clown makeup and stuff like that. And I'm assuming no role needed or no, no. He uh, he uh, nods and he says, "I was just mostly interested in uh, where you learned your art. It's, it's a very interesting to see. There are many people back in my homeland that uh, implement such a skill for uh, arresting." wrongdoers uh the the criminals i i have not done that sort of uh work with these and he he pulls out a rope and just quickly ties it into a loop and he sees that on the lariat and he starts kind of swinging around absentmindedly in his hand uh, but you see i i grew up uh one of these in my hands and i use it uh every year of my life you know, since I, since a boy, I was. And so you use something so much, it becomes almost like an extension of yourself. And he tosses it out and like, just this perfect, beautiful thing where it just hits the ground and he kind of sweeps it back in right away. Just kind of showing, showing off without trying to show off. I, uh, nice. most certainly understand uh, practicing with something your entire life. Uh, he, uh, he just moves his hands to his swords. I was given to these to me when I was a uh, young boy. And, uh, I have, they have never left my sight. They are as much a part of me as my, my ears or my eyes, my hands, my feet. Are you a man of uh, violence, of killing? If uh, the situation calls for it. Mm. It is my thought that a uh, situation not call for it most of the time. You, you know, like there is, there are many options. And uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, uh, since you are a guest, audience, what did you think of uh, show tonight, the cow, the ants? It is the uh, nature of such a swarm to eat their food in such a manner. And it is nature of cow to flee those who provoke it. But when directed by uh, human human intervention, it it un- adds an unknown element, disrupt balance of nature. Yes, the the nature, the balance, and the men. I would yeah. not wish that 
this swarm not of this land to be released upon these people, for I fear it cause un... He pauses a moment trying to think of the word, because I'm also trying to go over myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Great this is like time. two people that aren't English speakers yeah. trying to speak English to each other. Um, <laughs> from different cultures. Uh, un, unrepairable damage to uh, our, this bountiful area. So it seemed to me that though you kill a man, you also know the value of the world. And so I would know you better, sir. I would uh, be most appreciative of your further conversation. Uh, yeah, and he kind of gives you a kind of an awkward pat on the back, and uh, you know, we I guess we would walk off at that point. He, he lifts a hand as kind of just an indication of um, not used to being touched by people. <laughs> okay. Physical uh, physical contact is not common to him. So he's yeah. like a simple um, handshake, I think is the, what the Westerners do in this circumstance. Uh, yeah, he gives you one. And he, uh, as he does, he grabs your hand, but he also adds a kind of a bow to it. And he, uh, when he writes himself, he's, I am pleased to see that not like some of the other people, you find it as offsetting or off-putting this act of bringing something from to be foreign place for violence. To be fair, that's the awful exhibit. It was pro- probably ninety-nine percent of those people were offset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> it's a baby crying in the audience. Uh, oh, yeah, fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I only agree what is in uh, people's, what is in everything's nature. My nature happens to be the art of war. Yours is the art of entertainment. It is different, but it is the same. Uh, but I, I am an entertainer, but I am not here to entertain. And he kind of says that in a cryptic way, but it doesn't clarify. Mm-hmm. You, are, you say a wisdom that you may not even be aware of yourself. I would very much like to continue our conversation, perhaps later. I must get back. Uh, my hotel room sleep. More work tomorrow. I understand. I, too, have work I must do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I want to give you guys the bennies for that. That was uh, great. And then um, uh, names. Rachel, Raylan, are either of you interested in checking out the Oddities Wagons? So we're going to move. If not, we're going to move mm-hmm. forward. Not really, unless it's like technological oddity. You have no idea. Could be. I might go look then if that's the case. That might be. Okay. Um. I was gonna say Rachel, probably not. But if you want to like have a chance to role play, like a scene together, then sure. I'd say sure she'll head over to the um 
Is it the sideshow? The oddities. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to go over what you find in the oddities, and we can we can role play out a scene. Um, I'll just do this. Where's your restroom at? Upstairs. Okay. Uh, so here is what you find in the oddities wagon. It's a, it's a series of wagons kind of chained to uh, together, uh, some bigger than others. Um, but featured within is... An Aztec mummy. Was advertised as a, a blood rose dried and contained in a glass case. Mm. We also see an intricate and very lifelike uh, monkey doll with like symbols and everything that uh, you know, just looking square. Fucking real monkey, but it's just sitting there all stationary and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So far, so very glad I didn't go see that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you see a deck of cards alleged to have belonged to none other than uh, Wild Bill himself oh, uh, before he was shot down. Is it Wild Bill or Buffalo Bill? Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Um, yeah, Buffalo Bill did the one in the circus. Oh, was it? Is it wait, which? Yeah, because Buffalo the, Bill did the circus. Wild Bill Hickok. Okay, yeah, it's Wild Bill Hickok. Buffalo Bill did the, yeah. the circus. Okay, so so there we go. Yeah. Tell me your fucking Wild West Bills. Yeah. <laughs> William was a common name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you see a deck of cards alleged to have belonged to Wild Bill, and you see the dead man's hand laid out, blood stained and all. Mm. So who knows? Uh, you see a tattered, blood-stained uniform uh, said to be from none other than the Black Regiment. Oh, Whatever shit. that is, mm. you don't know. Maybe. Uh, does anyone have a cult? Knowledge of cult? No. Uh, knowledge law. Knowledge law is not going to help you on this. Nope. Uh, you also see um, an obsidian black skull uh, belonging to the skull, the scourge of God, the destroyer of the Holy Roman Empire, the skull tainted black with his vile soul, the skull of Attila the Hun. Okay. You also see uh, an, a hand in a box labeled as the hand that would not die. And uh, you see, it looks like it's shackled down. And every now and then, as people look too close, it goes mm. shakes and, and strains against its bonds. It doesn't make any sounds because it's a hand, not a voice. <laughs> what? <laughs> it doesn't go like this and mimic a voice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe at one point. No, it doesn't do anything like that. You also see a, a, a like a pen that contains uh, the fearsome Javarna, said to be a carnivorous, bloodthirsty wild pig from the southwest. Um, oh, go ahead and give me. I know. I'm sort of thinking like, yeah. what? Oh, oh, yeah. Give, give me a, a common knowledge roll. Common knowledge. Oh, I got two twos. You're convinced it's a fucking javernon. Yeah. 
You've seen pigs before. This just looks like a really ill-tempered but tame boar dressed up say, to like a, a They're just kind of going through all this with like a real just like skeptical look yeah. on her face. Uh, you know, on the hand, give me notice rolls. Minus two. Um, Minus and uh, I got a two. It's totally a fucking animate hand. Yeah, I got well, eleven. You know, this is totally someone's hand just stuck up through a box, and there's someone sitting underneath the case. Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, Rachel. You've you've thinking. seen these tricks before. Right. As Haru said before, parlor tricks. <laughs> she's just kind of grumbling herself. But Can't but it's really right. it's really well done, mm-hmm. and and maybe like uh, Riley, because because you are familiar with the circus, like maybe at first look you're like holy shit, that really is a. A disembodied animate hand, and then you kind of like, oh wait, I've seen this trick before. Okay, yeah. you're not fooled. Probably the same thing with the jab. Yeah, I would have done it with some kind of ghost rock current. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, the shot <laughs> There's also a, a a tank that's just contains some really big scorpions in there, like emperor scorpions or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, some sort of really large scorpion that's native to America. Mm-hmm. Nothing really weird there. They're just big scorpions. kind of. You know, you know, for the uninitiated, the uneducated, they're freaky as shit. And maybe for anyone who's arachnophobic, they're also really fucking freaky as shit. Yeah. Benjamin Pinsella. <laughs> yeah. uh, oddly enough, I, I'm not all that freaked out by scorpions. Spiders only hand fuck those. Um, there's also another pen that contains uh, an impressively large mountain lion. I mean, it isn't even fucking big. Not... Does the pen look sturdy enough to contain oh, yeah. mountain yeah. Oh, Okay, So you don't have to worry about like, mountain lion breaking those. I mean, these guys have managed to keep and maintain a sarcophagus full of siafu ants. Oh, yeah. So they're 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 probably pretty good about taking security seriously. And this this mountain lion, for all that it like occasionally just snarls and paws irritably at uh, at its pen, it's pretty tame looking. Like it's probably just not accustomed, despite the number of shows it's probably been in. Uh, it's infrequent enough for it that it's just like, oh god, people, fuck off, please. One thing you see that kind of, kind of, not nearly as disturbing as the Siafu, but you see what's advertised in the stuff remains of a chupacabra, chupacabra, um, and it is pretty convincing. Like you're, you're trying to see where, where like they, they maybe stitched a bunch of animal parts together or uh, had a mock-up made, and you're not, you're not seeing anything that would indicate that this is a fake. Um, uh, also on the disturbing side, you see a, a fish tank, a big, huge fish tank, and it contains what's called uh, nibblers, and they're like these gi- large, not giant, um, but they're about piranha size. They look like piranhas, but their mouths are filled with these oversized fangs, like, to the point they can't even close their own jaws without cutting themselves, and they're vicious and voracious, um, as the person who's kind of kind of standing by the tank tells you. And uh, if you come back after hours, there, you know, for uh, a bit, uh, a person they'll they'll show a feeding of the uh, the, the nibblers. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a nibble. 
Um, there's also uh, a cage uh, with what is called a corn stalker, and this is pretty freaky because this thing's got like almost a humanoid body, but it, it's got a, 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 a what looks like a, a pumpkin, a gourd for a head, and these glowing red eyes and and leafy green corn leaves uh, that it's got wrapped around its part, and it's looking at you kind of malignantly. Wicked corn stalker that sows murder in its wake if it were to get loose. So the person says, standing by. Can I roll to see this is like, is there someone in a costume? Sure, girl, only notice. Uh, plus two. What? It's definitely not a person in a costume. Okay. It's too small, too thin, too, uh-huh. too slender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least, um, something you see in there. Uh, in the last wagon, it's a big wagon, and it's kind of um, like you, you walk in, and there's there's uh, a central tank, and there, there's like a, a walkway that you walk around to see, and in the center is a rattler, uh, a big like sandworm. Think, think Dune, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Deadlands setting, um, and it's got a bunch of like tentacles that come out of its jaw. Like a graboid. Yeah, like a graboid. Yeah, very much. Um, and it's, it's uh, a good six feet long, and, and it slithers around in a bed of sand, and it tries to rear up and kind of grab at people up in the walkway. The walkway is just too high up. That would be, uh, well, six flavors of uncomfortable. It's not that big of a snake. Yeah, I mean it's it's six yeah. feet long, but it's also like about as wide as this table. Oh. So, wow, it's almost it's it's the size of this table, almost. almost. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe it's even a little bit longer. Okay. So it's not yeah. like here. Yeah. If you go to the end of the table. Yeah, something like that. Close enough. It's long enough to be a little disconcerting. Again, not quite on the scale of the Siafu. But then again, you haven't seen this thing feed on a, a calf in front of your very eyes in like five seconds. That's true. Um, but yeah, that is the uh, the oddity show. And you're, you're free to kind of roam back and forth between the wagons. So if you want to have a scene, now's a good time for that. Um, <laughs> if not, um, no problem. Um. Well, so we already know each other. That's true. So yeah. Am I like as I'm walking through? Am I catch a ride and just be like, oh, Mail and Daisy? Should Should have known I might run into you here. Enjoying Circus the show. in town. Of course, I'll be here. Yeah. It was an interesting show. I mean. Don't see that every day, do you? No, indeed. Not regular kind of entertainment. That's for sure. What do they do when those bugs get loose? I don't want to think about that, Raylan. <laughs> I surely don't. You, you work in you. How long is it? This? Not hitched a job, but um, you signed on with this. Uh, uh, just while they're in town. Yeah. 
I'll just try to help her finish her sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Is that all the circus? No, just while they're in town. Get some extra money. Do you have, like, family in town? Oh, well, your dad, right? Yeah. My dad's gone. Yeah, I'll be like, any any word of your... I haven't heard from him. I'm going to try to find him back someday. I just don't know where, where to start. It's real odd what happened. Just got a letter saying that someone took him from someone from the railroad and said that he's gone and... Yeah, was kidnapped. Because, you know... Was there a ransom letter left, or just someone just abducted him? Uh, with a permanent intention. That, there's what my story is, and there's what I don't know really half like. Okay. I, I kind of okay. consider like you know like Shadowrun. There was corporate espionage. He's, that, he's a scientist. He was someone yeah, yeah. kidnapped him. Okay. To make him do science for them. Interesting. Mm. And I don't know who, but Peter's returning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's been kidnapped, and I don't really know why. Okay. I, I just found, I, I pretty much just found out not too long ago. Okay. Oh, wait, so this is something recent? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I'd run off and join the circus, and then, you know, settled in a row valley, and the, you so know, then, it's not like I totally ran off, like, oh, you'll never see me again. Right. Yeah. Was like, you know what? So, I want to be a circus person. Someone from the Denver Pacific, like, yeah, sent me word about it, and now I want to find my daddy. So Rachel said, um, this recent, sorry, I'm just tired all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> if I hear anything about your father, you know I'll let you know right away. Oh, good, good. You take care of Daisy. Later, Deputy Rachel. I don't really call you Deputy Kennedy. Or I feel like we're probably friends since we travel. Yeah, so, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so I imagine you're free to like wander back and forth between the, the different wagons. The, the the rattler wagon, they're kind of like getting people to go through, keep moving. Don't want to agitate the rattler too much, uh, lest it get uh, get at you know pissed off <laughs> more than usual. So you guys have probably wandered back in one of the other oddity wagons. Um, I'll give you guys a Benny for that. We're getting pretty close in the session. Yeah. So. Yeah. Woohoo! Here's a blue. Nice. You better give us some hard rolls here so we can sweat them out. Oh, there, there's something coming because uh, you guys are talking, you guys are, are standing, you know, you're outside, you're nearby the circus, you haven't quite left yet. It's kind of happening at the right. same time. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I turn to leave, and you turn to leave, and all of a sudden you hear someone shout, "Oh, Lord! The <laughs> rattler's getting loose!" Oh, that sounds so fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, Lord, he's coming! <laughs> so much regret. Oh God. <laughs> well, he was actually calling a friend of his called Laud. Laud, get the guns! Laud, get the guns! <laughs> so we get over here. The railroad's getting loose. It's getting loose, and you hear a, a terrible uh, uh, wrenching sound, like the, the, the wood snapping and breaking, and people are screaming. Oh shit! And uh, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, you, you know, you guys that are outside, you turn around, and you see the uh, the the big wagon kind of tilt, like one of the wheels just 
uh, an axle broke and tipped over, and the side wrenches open, and sand comes pouring out, and this this rattler comes slithering out. And uh, uh, you guys could, you know, run out of one of the oddity wagons that you were in. Give me a uh, notice roll at negative four. Uh, you two who are in the oddity wagon. Those two who are in the oddity wagon. Oh boy. Don't wow. Know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, because I only got four. Well, I got a, oh my god. That's zero. So, 12, 5, 17. Okay, yeah. So. Ticket I notice. You notice. So you're, you guys are standing there talking, you hear the sounds, you, you know, you, you go around to the entrance, or the exit of the wagon, take, you know, whichever, and you see the rattler getting loose and starting to slither out amongst, you know, people are running left and right and everywhere, and out of the corner of your eye, you see someone who kind of been loitering around in this particular wagon, this is the wagon where the skull of Attila was, and you, everyone's attention turns around, you see out of the corner of your eye that he reaches, he grabs that skull from the case, and he books it. Oh, yeah. Protected, sir, or stop a criminal. Yeah, and mm-hmm. well, the thing is, Rachel's heroic, so people are like in immediate danger. Yeah, people are definitely in immediate danger. I feel like she's got a rush to save them. She'll go after. She, I mean, my nose was seventeen, and can I see my god to look at his face? Yeah, like, definitely. I see him again. Definitely, you, you recognize so. this guy oh, easy okay. Oh, okay. Uh, if you saw him again. So I'm gonna run towards where people are. All right. Be like. Move! Get out! Get out of the way! Get out of the way! Get the yeah. fuck out of the way! Uh, yeah, we got work to do, Rachel. He's <laughs> yeah. rushing towards him. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I spin around and I, I see this rattlesnake escaping. and I get my lasso. Ready. That's not a rattlesnake. It's a rattler. Super girl. Looks like that. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Okay, that's not a rattlesnake. That's yeah. <laughs> kind of like a graboid meets a, a, a sarlacc. The Sarlacc from Star Wars. Sh- uh, or uh, Shai Halud. For those who know Dune. I know Dune too. Yeah, okay. Dune. It's, it's like a amalgamation. There yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a big worm with lots of appendages. Yes. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, dish out the initiative cards here. Oh, we're getting boy. to combat at uh, ODAR 30 in this <laughs> session. Um, well, it's Friday night. Uh, we got we to end on an exciting note, right? Right. So here we go. You guys are scattered a little bit. You're in. A couple of different places, but you can definitely act because this thing, like, gets loose, burrows into the ground. You see, uh, uh, odds, male, even female, some woman who's running, and this thing pops up on the ground beneath her, grabs her in its its tentacles, and 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 just swallows her whole. Oh, and you hear her scream. Oh, it's crunching. Yeah. That's, yeah. What a shame. Well, hey, there we go. See, now we've seen something worse than a cow getting eaten. <laughs> right. Yeah, you've seen yeah. a person get eaten. Joel's not having good dreams tonight. <laughs> so here we Bugs go. are not okay. Uh, for uh, Haru. Oh, boy. Oh, we got a two of spades. Uh, for Raylan, we've got the nine of hearts. For Macario, we've got the king of clubs. And for Rachel, we've got... The five of clubs, and for the rattler youngin, lucky you're not fight, facing off against a full-grown rattler. Rattler youngin, nine of spades. So Macario, you're up first. Yeah. So Macario uh, kind of gasps in horror as he sees this woman go down, um, but he he acts as quickly as he can to 
get a lasso around this thing and try to like um, you know get it underneath this thing's gills sort of and, okay. and tie it down and keep it from moving around too much so somebody else can get closer and grab it. Okay. All right. Uh, is that a throwing skill for the the Lario? Lario? Uh, so the way the Lariat works is it, it has automatic reach to it, so he can do it from I think ten feet. Is that what reach is? I don't remember. I don't remember. But it, it's a reach weapon. Um, it does no damage, but uh, I can use my fighting die to do an agility trick with it. So it's basically a way of doing agility tricks using your fighting. Okay. And from a range. <laughs> yeah, and it has some special properties where, like, you can knock something prone if you get a raise, and there's okay. stuff like that. Too. And your, your goal is, is basically to lasso this thing and keep it on the surface. Yeah, so it can't do any more damage, and somebody else can stab it or grab it or cage it or whatever. They're okay. They have a reach of one inch. Is what it says. One inch. Yeah, that's about two yards in game terms. <laughs> I rolled really bad, but I have four. You do have a ton of mass. I'm spending all the days. Uh, I resisted with my agility, right? Yeah, your dice out. Uh, yeah, you resisted with your parry, just like an attack. Oh, my parry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm having good dice out for that. <laughs> That's better. Um, so that is a ten to hit. A ten. Um, uh, actually, I'm sorry, a twelve to hit. Twelve to hit. Well, it's got a parry of five, so that's a raise. So it's shaken, and you have it. Uh, a plus two, I think, in this circumstance for you, is not going to help you too much. But it is shaken, yeah, so and shaken. you've got it lassoed, and you like plant your foot. Maybe you describe it. You lassoed it for sure. But describe yeah. the scene. Describe the scene. So basically, he uh, wraps his lasso around this thing, and he uh, puts both of his feet on like a uh, tent peg that is sticking out of the ground, uh-huh. so he gets more leverage, and he pulls this thing backwards to the ground. And basically slams it against the hard part of the ground where it's uh, it's prone. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's soft underbelly is exposed. Yeah, it's it's prone. It's uh, so basically what this does is minus two to its parry to any other melee attacks. Okay. In this in this turn until uh-huh. it can free itself, which it has to do with a strength check. Okay. Um, yeah. And cool. Then, uh, it's prone and shaken. Sweet. That's exactly what happens, and it is its turn next. So first, I gotta try and unshake. I do. I've got my dice, though. So. Actually, let me double-check the rules here. I wrote them down. It's okay. I'll uh, follow up on it later. I like it, though. Okay, it doesn't have to use a strength check. It just has to unshake. And then it'll still be prone, but it'll be really? unshaken. Yeah. Not lassoed still? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to spend a Benny, especially since it's the end of the evening. So it unshakes, kind of shakes itself free of your lasso and you can tell I'm getting old I can't even read the fucking book could get a small book yeah <laughs> let's see notice roll oh it sees you and it's going to come for you it doesn't like that you uh, you lassoed it and so it kind of you see the little mound of dirt as it comes rushing towards you and it pops up in front of you and uh, what's your parry? It is nine. Oh shit! Oh wow! Well, I only got a four, so um, I'll get the plus one game, which is not going to help it at all. Uh, uh, so yeah, it it pops up and it's trying to swing at you, and you're like 
you know, using your, your lariat to just knock its tentacles out of the way, or, or you're dodging out of the way, however you want to yeah. describe it. He uh, leaps off of the little tent peg that he was he was on and almost does like a half flip to his feet to the side mm-hmm. of it when Sweet. it goes for him. I like it. It's pretty acrobatic. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Raylan, it's your turn. Alright, I am gonna go woo-woo <laughs> and shoot the railgun. Alright. It's a nice overcharged bolt, which is going to spend an extra power point, but I get 3d6 damage. It's a nice. Piece. Oh, yeah. Maybe 46 damage. That's a 13 to hit. Sweet. Yeah, that's going to raise. Steal it all now. That's not too great. Uh, thir- 11 damage. Well, I'm going to try and soak that. Uh, no, you uh, you fire off that railgun of yours. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, this thing's reared up. It's trying to uh, attack Macario, who's leapt agilely out of the way. And then your uh, your railroad spike that you fired hits it from one side, and you see its guts just spray out the other as it punctures it, and the thing. Screams and screams and reels back and then flops over and writhes for a second and then goes still. Limp. That is a badass railgun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the rattler youngin is dead. Right. But uh, yeah, Mikhail's in confusion. He lost sight of the uh, the guy you saw. He kind of saw what direction he went in. Oh, okay. Um. There's lots of people running around. Why don't you all give me notice rolls? You three uh, who uh, didn't necessarily see the dude before, give me a roll at negative two. You can roll at plus two. Oh. You were, yeah, especially since you didn't get a chance to act in uh-huh. the combat, you you were able to kind of like, okay, I saw that guy steal his skull. Mm-hmm. That thing's dead. Where did he go? Oh, okay. I need to get back. True. Since it's the end of the session. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 Suspend. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. adding a d6 to my roll. Okay. Spend. Oh, yeah. Sure, I'll add a d6 to <laughs> my right. roll. Oh, a six. Uh, I'll yeah. just do a re-roll. So, okay. nine. I got a ten. I'll add a d6 to mine. I was blind to the commotion. Do you add them together? Keep them stunned again, re-roll? Yeah. You add, you get your whatever. You take your best of whatever you want. I spent the blue bit. Uh-oh. Re-roll again. I got a nine on this one. 18, and baby. Oh, and then you spent the blue bending? Oh, well, I had a 5 and then I spent a blue bending. Oh, I got a, and then you got a yeah. 17. You had that together. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got 14. All right. so well, 14. minus 2, so 15. All right. We all got <laughs> All right, so... Wait a minute. I want to... No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to beat everybody. So what happens, you all you all see this um, with with the, the, the chaos in the community. You don't necessarily have time to act upon it right away, but you see this guy come running out. He's got a skull... Tucked under one arm, uh, it's big enough that like he can't keep it concealed. He's trying, but he's not doing a great Put job. Right, make him look. I guess one boob. He's right. Like, Shove it under his shirt, pretend like he's pregnant. Yeah, uh, but he comes running out. Uh, you see another, uh, a second guy come running from what's left of the rattler wagon. 
and he kind of joins up with this guy and two others who are standing kind of nearby with horses. They get up on those horses and they ride off uh, kind of kind of towards Ashland, but definitely like straight out into the forest. Ooh. Weird thought. Uh-huh. Can I roll a common knowledge check to see if it looks like Ezekiel Boone at all? Sure. <laughs> you mean uh, Jonathan Graves? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Grove? Okay. Grove, that's right. Although, now that I've said it, I like Graves a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I'm thinking to change that. Jonathan Graves is the stagecoach robber. I got uh, so I got a four, four. Yeah. Um. No. Okay. No. You don't recognize Jonathan Graves. Okay. Uh, I totally like that a lot better than Grove. Uh, but you definitely see these four guys, and and uh, everyone got a raise at least, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You definitely recognize these guys again. They stood out. Um, Especially because they, you know, where everyone else was like running and screaming and panicking. Oh God, there's a fucking rattler loose. Uh, these guys um, were pretty, pretty straightforward. Calm. Maybe the guys that were running from the 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 the, the wagons uh, were just a little panicked. Like, okay, we just let a rattler loose. Run, fucking run. They <laughs> were they, they were calmly more. They were they were like we're we've got a destination where everyone else is kind of like. Right, they, they, they knew where they were running, where everyone else was just like, I'm trying to get out of the area, and I don't know where, where I'm going. There's a difference between panic and get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's worth asking, the woman is dead, 100%. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she got it. I think uh, Macario goes and checks that, and he kind of like uh, looks sad and closes his eyes and puts his hand over his heart. Oh. So what is your, uh, what's your course of action that you want to do? Uh, those of you who've lived here long enough know that going out into the forest at night is not a great idea. People will do that. At least the people who go out alone have a tendency to not come back. Well, also they were on horseback, right? Yeah, they were on horseback. Mm-hmm. Me horse not here. Yeah. <laughs> well. And there's a lot of chaos and confusion going yeah. on still at the, the circus, even though the rattler is dead now. Rachel's gonna, um... Probably look for Mordecai. Okay, yeah, you, you find charge. him pretty easily. He's you know he's yeah. reacting like trying to direct people and yeah. get things under control, and especially once he sees that his rattler is dead, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you see kind of this this brief moment, uh, brief twinge of regret that one of his attractions is, has been killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it's just the the briefest moment, and there's more of a relief that not, you know, only one person really got killed. Right. Um, so, uh, as far as his priorities go, uh, you, you've, you just at a glance, you kind of figured his, his heart's in the right place. Okay, so Rachel's going to flash her badge at him and just be like, are you getting things under control here? Well, I'm certainly trying. Okay. Um, deputy? Is yeah. that correct? Deputy Kennedy. Well, I hope I can rely on you to help get uh, your your local civilians um, under control. I, I I think the threat is is passed, but I've got my my people already securing my attractions and my creatures and stuff. So rest assured, there will be no more unplanned releases this evening. Good. I'm I'm gonna be. Um, ugh, I'm so tired. Sorry. It's okay. Um. I'm going to be establishing order. I need to go look at the body, see if I can identify who it is. Body? Yeah, a woman. Let's... There's not really much body left. Oh, okay. 
crush goop. She got eaten. Oh. People jelly. Yeah. Well, there is a body. What if it's just inside of another body? Yeah. Her name was Patty, and she got pate. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't like she got eaten whole. This thing wasn't quite big enough to eat her in one gulp. Yeah. That's brutal. So, like, there's no way to identify who it was? Uh, there's definitely a way. Okay. If you're going to identify who it was, it's going to take some name. time. Oh, okay. Oh, shit, Benny. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take some time. Okay. You're gonna have to cut this thing open mm-hmm. and gut it, and and uh, try to okay. sift through what's in its con- oh, stomach contents. Well, that sounds like a so it's gonna for it's a, gonna be a process. A dock to handle. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'll just like let them know that I'm there. I'm establishing order. Sure. Um, I'm assuming that the marshal. Give me a knowledge law roll to to establish order there. You're t- you're kind of trying to take charge, get people to stop. Running every which way right. and panicking. Well, oh boy! All right, Benny that. Wanna... No. I mean, unless you want a Benny for it, but I don't think it will really serve the narrative at this point in time. There we go. So eleven. Eleven. All right. Yeah, you're you're able to, to get you know like all right, everyone, calm down. Threat's done. Just stop running everywhere. Go home in an orderly fashion and. Uh, Marshal Markson shows up, mm-hmm. and a couple of his own deputies show mm-hmm. up, and they they take they don't necessarily take over the situation, but they definitely take charge and right. they start going. All right, all right, folks. Her, which is there. Right, but you're the sheriff's deputy, not oh, the okay. marshal's deputy. So you, you at least as far as the, the other deputies are concerned, mm-hmm. you outrank them a bit. You're probably on on par with the marshal. Oh, okay, cool. I'd say. I don't yeah, know so if that's we'll, really a. A real thing, but we'll we'll go with it. Yeah, we'll start calming down civilians, sending them home. Yeah, that's no problem. And uh, after maybe a couple hours, I'm not. We'll we'll get to you guys and what you're doing in this time as well. But uh, after maybe an hour of kind of managing the situation, Mordecai comes up to you and says, uh, "I listen. I think a few uh, of my attractions are are missing." Yeah, we saw some men right off into the woods on some horses. It looked like they had taken at least this skull from the... From the... The skull? What did you call it? The, odd, the oddity's wagon. The oddity's wagon. I can recognize them again, but I'm not riding... I'm not walking into the woods after dark. Well, listen, um... I don't mean to, to cause alarm, but it, it's really quite important that I get that skull back, and I'm willing to pay a reward if you want to get a posse together um, to return that. Uh, it's really really not great if, uh, if it goes missing for very long. Um, if you deputy can, can see to it that it gets returned, I'm willing to pay uh, $50 per person who's involved in that uh, endeavor. Sure, I'll special around the posse, but it means now why is the school so dangerous? It's just very valuable. I paid a lot of money for that, and um, honestly, I, it may be shocking, but I paid more money for the skull of Attila than I did for uh, the Rattler um, that uh, 
the, the young lady killed. Can you see if he's lying about that? Any, give me um, oops, persuasion. I think would be a good one. I don't have persuasion. Yeah, you do. You have a D4 at least. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. we're using the core abilities right. that are hinted at in I'm the new edition. Just curious if he's like lying about it being dangerous or not, basically. Mm-hmm. Four. Four. Seven. Four. Oh, eight. Oh wait. Seven or nine. Eight, nine. Um. Subtracted. Subtracted. You feel like maybe he's holding something back, okay. but you have no idea why a skull. Right. I mean, grant, granted, you are a hexlinger; you deal with the arcane, right. but at the same time, um, precisely how a skull could be all that dangerous. Like you're right. pretty, you're pretty sure. Maybe, maybe he's lying in the sense that uh, maybe um, he stole it, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't really pay that much for it. You're not sure, but he's oh. pretty anxious about. Getting it back. Getting it back. I, I won't push. I just was curious to see. Okay. So, yeah, I'll I'll run. Posse will head out in the morning. They ain't safe to ride in those woods after dark. No, it it doesn't look like it. Um, Especially when I even find just the bodies of those men who took the skull. Oh really? Hmm. Mm. Well, as long as we get the skull back, uh, <laughs> uh, those men are honestly uh, if. All the signs looks like someone sabotaged the the rattler's wagon so that it got loose. It wasn't uh, an accident. I'm pretty sure those men were most likely responsible. Well, if they, I had a few other things go go missing, but I'm not nearly as worried about those as I am about uh, the skull. If you find them alive, we'll bring them in. I expect they'll hang. Good, good. I'm responsible for that woman's death. Terrible thing. Bad for business too, but don't oh. don't like having a having someone's death on my conscience. Yeah. Expect so Doc will identify hopefully who that poor woman was. So Oh. What, you know, whatever whatever the doctor's fees will cover them. Yeah, the sooner sooner we find them, I understand the forest is dangerous at night, so first thing tomorrow morning, I appreciate that. And let let people know fifty dollars a person to recover that skull. I will. I'm sure it's they head back out, probably there's still lots of Oh sure. You start to walk away mm-hmm. and he called out Oh deputy um, Listen, if you uh when you find that skull and he pulled out his heavy black velvet bag mm-hmm. uh, and he says put it in this it's, it's quite fragile I would hate for it to get damaged on the journey back so she'll take the bag come in this like long look <laughs> and be like alright kind of like letting him know that she knows that he's not totally being honest yeah I know that you know that. Right. That. You know that. Yeah. I know that. Exactly. That. Yeah. I know that you know So who do you, who do you pick for this, uh, this mm. reposity? Well, I'm assuming it's you, going to be You saw three the combat NPCs, going. So. Three NPCs. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to hire three randos. 
you, know, you, you, and you. Guys. <laughs> That's why I was having You're a strapping day. young lad. Come <laughs> <here>. <laughs> now, uh, well, I mean, our you, you uh, saw the combat. Oh, okay. you, yeah, it all happened quicker than you could draw your guns and shoot right. this thing. But you saw um, this uh, this well, yeah. clown. In fact, I'll probably have it. Yeah. You saw this rogue kind of like freaking lasso this thing and haul it back just with the raw strength of his own Definitely his own arms. Definitely want that rodeo clown on my posse. Where's that guy with the sword? <laughs> yeah, that guy with the sword. No, that's Peru. I want Peru. I'll, I'll probably go to Peru first, in fact, because I've worked with you at least professionally before. And when the Rattler first escaped, because didn't have much time to react. Right. Yeah. When the Rattler first escaped, he looked over to it and saw it, people running over it and decided to turn his attention to keeping other people out of the area. Okay. And, like, don't run that direction kind of thing. Cool. So you're, you're kind of doing some crowd control there. Just like, you know, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't so, know where that's from. Yeah, but. so I'll, um, I'll kind of like stride up to you and call out, Haru! What is it, Deputy Kennedy? How can I help you? In the morning, I need to form up a posse, go into the woods. Some men stole something during all this chaos, and Mordecai's offered $50 to each person to go retrieve his property. And I think those are the men who let loose the rather, so I need to bring him in for justice to be served. I think I saw these men. They were some kind of uh, black skull. Yeah, that's that's what Mordecai wants us to retrieve. Fifty dollars a person, you say? Yeah. Mm. I will gladly hunt these perpetrators of wrongdoings. And let's be honest, at this point, they're basically murderers, however indirectly. Yeah. yeah. Murderers. They shall be put down for their crimes against these people and the rattler. I need to see him It's very clear that Haru feels just as bad about the woman dying <laughs> as he does about the rattler dying too. Mm-hmm. Because the rattler is only doing right. what was in its nature. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a rattler. <laughs> did, um, did you. Who brought the rattler down? I didn't see. Point. <laughs> well, Raylan Daisy, I should have known. A trail, a train whistling. <laughs> yep. And suddenly, guts were flying. It was an impressive feat indeed. Can maybe slightly worse. <laughs> also, very disgusting. Use that rail down at my side, out in the woods. Well, I sure could use fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's an appropriate response. And then are you kind of around the area, like nearby? Yeah, he, he's been uh, praying for the woman who died, and he kind of looks up and uh, has a look of determination on his face. So Rachel will turn and say, hey, I don't believe I know you, but I saw your skills with that <sighs> rope there. It's mighty impressive. Uh, yes, I think you... Uh, need to talk with my jefe, uh, but I will join you, yes. Glad to have you with us. Um, would I be following or walking with you? Yeah, I would sure imagine you, that. You've collected your, yeah. your posse. Yeah. His rope skills would be most uh, 
exceptional that if you wish to take these men alive, I believe that he would be a valuable asset. Yeah, sounds good. We're going to ride out at dawn, I'm assuming. Okay. Ride out at dawn. Ride dawn. Yeah, of course. That sounds... Oh, go ahead. I... I have a horse. Uh, I will bring it. Um, but as I say, I must. I must go. I, I will. I will meet you tomorrow. Uh, where? Train station. Yeah, train station. Yes, train station. Ooh. I. I see it uh, out my window. I, I go see. I, I meet you there. And then, uh, yeah, he'll uh, head off to try to talk to the circus master. Okay, the Mordecai. Yeah. Were any of the uh, railway workers at the? Yeah, there were a couple. I would tell not, not a lot. I told a couple of them that would recognize me and who I am, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to at least let Lon Huey know that I'm been recruited for a posse. Okay. By the yeah, you find someone who's actually like maybe a minor official, yeah, or a bureaucratic worker. Or something like that. Someone who would be able to go talk to... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, minor rodeo here. Uh, um, yeah, you, you find someone who would actually be able to go talk to Lon Huey and let her know that you're... you're Cause he's going to stay here and not go all the way back, to back in Jacksonville. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, you were looking for the, the ringmaster, right? Mordecai? Right. Yeah. Ah, Macario, I, uh, sorry you, your first night with us was, uh, was like this. It's not, not normally quite as chaotic or awful. Uh, Macario kind of, um, looks down for a moment and then looks him straight in the eyes and he says, you have, uh, dancers, you have performers, uh, you have animals and uh, delights and comedy and clowns. Why do you need these creatures that kill men? These creatures from lands not here. Why do you need them? See, see what they have done. See the danger. See the ants today. The ants. You could see them. They crave, they crave the blood. They are not meant for this place. Why? Because people crave thrill and fear. Not enough simply for the delights, the dancers and the clowns. Uh, people want to uh, they want to be scared. They come because they know that we will show them the, the greatest horrors that the world has to offer and be safe seeing these things where in nature they would not be safe. Was that woman safe? Well, until that man released the rattler without uh, my blessing, or anyone's blessing, I was certainly never giving my blessing for the rattler to be released. And if a man release ants, and if a man release lions, and if a man release... And he, he kind of goes off like that, just mm-hmm. trying to make a point. Then I would want that man brought to the highest of justice. This carnival, this imaginarium of wonder and terror. Yes, of terror, certainly. But this is a place of safety. 
is a place where people can witness the awful and the horrific and walk away soul intact. You I want these men brought to justice, Picario. Yes. Uh, you offer me five dollars to work for you. Keep your five dollars. I will bring these men to justice. But think on the life lost tonight. And he, he leaves after that. Not seeing this. I certainly shall, Macario. Yep, and so Macario's basically saying, I'm not working for your circus anymore. This okay. is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I will get those men back because they killed a woman, basically. Yeah. Alright, and that sounds like a good place to end the session. We'll uh, we'll meet up again next Friday. Um, again, not live, because we're not going to compete with some of the other podcasts that are already pretty well established and are competing live. And also, I'm not as technically literate as I thought I was. But uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, as always, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if you enjoy it. I especially, please let me know if you really like the scene of the Siafu, because I was pretty uh, pretty pleased with myself about that. Um, and you find our website, it's, uh, oh, shit, I don't even remember, sites.google.com slash view, something like that. I don't know, it's on our Twitter. Just search RVR Podcast on Google. Yeah, RVR Podcast, search RVR Podcast, and you'll find our Facebook, you'll find our Twitter You'll find our Blogspot uh, website, and you'll find our Google Sites um, website as well. Uh, feel free to uh, contact me uh, by Twitter, by Facebook, or by email, rvrpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, I, I advertised it as Session Zero. It really turned more into Session One. Uh, I think we got most of the character creation done before we even hit record. But anyway, um, I hope you all enjoyed this, and... Uh, I hope you'll join us again next week uh, for session one slash two. We'll call it session two, really. Yeah. Session two, really. Session two, really, yes. All right, you all have a good whatever time of day it is you're listening to this.